2: Is up everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath show presented by TLR Coatings and Premier Custom Trailers. This is episode number 160. Um, little shorter show here than what we've been doing. We have been going pretty long with about a three-hour show here for the last few weeks. However, tonight, uh, let's face it, I'm getting ready to leave on a trip, so I'm trying to get everything wrapped up so I can get everything packed. Because while I'm gone on this trip, we have many many shows that we are going to be working on um while we're gone strictly because let's face it there's racing that's going to be happening uh so let's jump right in here and get the uh paperwork side of everything out of the way so again like i said welcome to the moto aftermath show episode 160 presented by tlr coatings and premier custom trailers tlr coatings been our sponsor Since the beginning, it's my personal powder coating company. They do all of your powder coating, coating, and vapor blasting needs. Make sure to look them up, tlrcoatings.com, or follow them on all the major social media networks. They have tons of awesome pictures to show you exactly what we can do here. Um, So again, TLR Coatings, go follow them. Then, thanks to our new presenting sponsor for the year, Premier Custom Trailers. Do you need a trailer, commercial or residential? Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. We will be getting a trailer from them this year, so that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, also on board with us, JT Cycles, uh, out of Battle Creek, Michigan. They are your Husky and Gas Gas, uh, dealer. They also have like steel chainsaws and some sort of motors, uh, some sort of mowers. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was. I don't know. Cole has all that information, but check them out, JTcycle.com. And then our last sponsor that's helping us out more so with the, uh, with the fantasy show than with the actual podcast here, but that's okay. They help us out all the way around. Uh, the Dirt Bike Depot. the Thedirt-bikedepot.com They sell new and gently used equipment for all your motocross needs. So, you need some boots, you need some pants, you need a jersey, they sell it. So go to check them out. You can also find them on social on all the major social media networks as well. And they post pictures of all the new stuff they get in all the time. So, again, make sure to check them out. All of our sponsors there and uh, get your stuff, you know, get a trailer, get some powder coating done, buy some bikes or some bike parts or whatever. Um, But anyway, do that. Also, make sure to like, subscribe and comment down below. I know everyone likes it better when we're in studio and we have everyone with us. Uh, Justin is caught up at work so he's not going to be able to be with us tonight Cole is going to be with us here in a little bit Um, Kev will be on with us in just a little bit here and uh, that's pretty much going to be the show for tonight like I said it's going to be a somewhat shorter show here there's lots to talk about because we're wrapping up round 9 is that what we're on? yeah must must be 9 round 9 wow already round 9 so we're wrapping up round 9 it was Daytona Eli Tomac gets the win, uh, Cameron McAdoo gets the win in the 250 class, wild, wild night, multiple red flags, all sorts of crazy stuff happening, um, so we will be discussing all that. Also make sure to check out our last show, episode 159, we had Coach Rob on for a long form, three hours of kind of bench racing, going through some of his history of who he's worked with and what's gone on with that, and uh, what he thinks of some of the some of the guys who are in the series now. And uh, he throws out some hot takes. He Coach Rob is not scared. He throws out some hot takes, so make sure to go check that out because I'm telling you there are some tidbits in there. I listen to all of Rob's stuff, and there are some tidbits in there that I haven't ever heard before. We got some stuff out of him, so definitely interesting. Um, if you want to listen to us as just a podcast instead of doing the YouTube thing, make sure uh, you can find us on all the major stuff, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. Also, make sure to follow us on all major social media networks uh cole is running most of that stuff now he is pretty much posting stuff all the time funny memes all that kind of stuff um so make sure to go check that out and then also don't forget we have another podcast on the network here it is the fantasy podcast me and cole sit down usually a couple of days or the day before the race and uh, talk about our fantasy picks from the race before who we're picking for the upcoming race Um, and any sort of little pop-up news that might be happening in the industry at the current time, uh, those air completely randomly. Like I said, it's usually one or two days before the race. Usually on these days when we have races on just Saturdays and we're going normal schedule every Saturday, we usually, that comes out on Friday. Um, and then the ones where the race is on Tuesday, which is what we're coming up to here, um. Yeah, it's completely random. It could not air till the day of the race. It just depends. So, anyway, like I said, make sure to check all that out, and uh, we will get Cole and Kev on the phone here. Not sure who's coming up first, but live in wonder for about 3.5 seconds. Thanks for listening. Off we go. All right, well, first up on the show here, then, not on the guest list to start with, Tom Cooper, former factory mechanic. Former Vermoto hype guy. What's up, Tom?
3: <laughs> you know, I'm just listening to uh Dave Castillo the guy from the Castillo Ranch.
2: Oh no shit. Where are you listening to him? Yeah.
3: Uh the stuntman stuff's pretty interesting.
2: Ah yes. On the uh was that when he was on Whiskey Throttle or
3: Yeah, Whiskey Throttle, that's a good one.
2: Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, I was listening to some of their stuff too. It was super Super interesting. Is he the one that has the tramp stamp? I can't remember. Or was that some <laughs> no, other? Guy? This,
3: is a, this is other buddy. I forget the other, uh, other guy. I was to
2: uh, say, I remember. Th- I was listening to part of that show one day, and they were talking about the tramp stamp. And they were talking about doing like one of the born, born identity shows or whatever. And they were doing something, and right before <laughs> they get ready to go, he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Look, he's got a tramp stamp. You're fine." And the the lady actress is like, "Oh my god." <laughs> So, yeah dude, that was classic, fucking classic, bro, yeah yeah, he's been uh
3: so cause not that guy, but steel's been uh one of the guys that's been in the i guess you would say a spotlight he's been he's been one of the guys in the in the industry for so for forever, and steel ranch is uh kind of a legendary spot too from like terraform and
2: steel you know steel roots and all the other stuff, so hundred percent that caught my interest interest. Yeah, that it was a hell of a race, though. Oh, Damn. my God. Dude, what a wild night. I mean, we had all sorts of red flags all the time. I mean, it was it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. If you're
3: in the LCQ and you're sitting on the line for your third restart after a bunch of red flags, <laughs> and there's ha- there's like two-thirds of the gate next to you, what's going through your head? I really wonder about that because you're thinking yourself, hopefully i make it through the second turn or so or what do you think
2: oh what's going through my head what's going through my head yeah. is if i'm not a hundred percent sure that i'm getting into this main i'm just like dude i'm just going back to the truck while well, i still can i'm done i'm <laughs> i'm done like screw it it's not worth it i mean yeah there's no way when i'm sitting on that gate for the third thing that i'm just like yeah dude like awesome let's do it let's go race yeah I'm sitting there thinking, like, am I really gonna make this? Like, what are my odds of getting top four here? And if it doesn't seem yeah, like sure, it's more so. than like seventy-five percent, like, I'm out. I'm just, I'm done. I'm going back to the truck. We'll load it up. We'll see everybody in Dallas next week.
3: Well, if you if you're sitting on the line, I'm pretty sure you didn't come there to say, ah, well, "I'll just take it, take it easy for it. next week." You're gonna you're gonna be sitting there thinking, "I got to be in the inside of that first or the second corner of that." Uh, where you got to go inside to inside instead so of having to go way outside. You can make like two spots up guys just staying in the inside. So I don't think I would be daydreaming about that. But man, wow what a wild time with all the red flags.
2: Oh my god. I it sure was. hope
3: that Joey Crown, our our uh, hometown boy, is all right. I haven't heard an update yet, but
2: well I mean he man, was, was great, he was up at, he was up and conscious last night. He just I think he just rang his bell, but dude, he was out. He was just laying there, like completely yeah, out. I've never
3: been in, I've been in a lot of wrecks and I never laid there like Motionless for a little bit, and then just been fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little concerned about the guy, but
2: yeah, well, like, uh, so great, the great. first angle, me and one of my other buddies were texting during the race, and like the first angle they showed it, we were like, dude, did he literally just like crash and then just like roll over and be like, oh, I'm just gonna lay here? And then the second angle they showed it at, it was like, oh no, I guess he didn't do that. Like he knocked himself the fuck out, and then was just enough mm. up on that next jump. That once everything kind of loosened up because he was completely out, and he just like rolled flat, and that was it. There he was. So, yeah, that was that was wild though, dude, because he was out for a while.
3: Uh, I was really worried about it at the
2: time. Yeah, I was too. I was like, oh god, is he dead? Like, <laughs> is he dead? <laughs> and then I'm trying to figure out. I have not yet. I, I'm hoping to hear something this week. What the fuck happened happened to Mitchell Harrison in the main?
3: Oh man! First draw, right? Off of, I didn't see what happened, but maybe the second lap he was already in dead laps, and then uh, I don't. After, so, I don't
2: think he started it. To be really honest with you, like that I'm not really, I'm not really sure. But it really pissed me off because he was on my fantasy team, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Between that and then, man, uh, I got love
3: from those people. Are there. And, um, those two local boys, um, uh, Joey Crowley and Mitchell Harrison, both are like, fuck, yeah, let's go, let's go, and then. Oh that's
2: how it goes tonight. Dude, <laughs> I know. Just just fucking just fucking wild. Happy to see uh happy to see McAdoo though pick up his first win there. That was cool. He was i Man, mean... you love to see
3: that and even more so like uh not not taking anything away from Mr. McAdoo going around the world to get his uh to chase his dream but also it had been a little while since Mission the boys had good fortune. So I like to see Pro Circuit taking uh taking some champagne too and like uh it's weird to say this because you don't want to see Kaiko honda out of the sport or anything but well there's one less premier team to be going for that for that top spot in the 250s so you know maybe it's a little bit more time for the green boys the pro circuit boys to get back to their to their prominence and their domination they were i mean they're winning they're team in supercross but they're uh their uh, fortune hasn't been that great with with Forkner and a handful of other guys in the, in the recent years, even the recent well, almost 10 years. Obviously, they've been up there, but they've lost a lot of close-call championships. I mean, think about Sancerulo and a whole bunch of guys that have just had not quite good enough fortune. So I'm not to take anything away from Geico guys, but perhaps it's time for uh, Mitch to take his, uh, his reins back to... Walking away with it a little bit, maybe not so much from Star because
2: they got half the half the field on the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean it was it was a rough night for them Star Boys last night. Justin Cooper just could not catch a fucking break. Like looked great in practice, looked great in his heat, yeah. and then gets in the main, and he just dude he couldn't he couldn't catch a break between like missing the rut with his front wheel coming out from under the tunnel and about smacking the side of the bridge, and I mean just every it was just. <laughs> I mean, he 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 made the best of it. and As they always say, you win your races on your on your bad nights, and that was definitely a bad night for him. Um, but, you know, he still made it. I think he came back to, like, fourth or whatever. So, yeah, damage control, we'll you call it. You know, we it.
3: talked on the broadcast about how they had changed from tires and trying to change the setup around, and one of the real difficult parts about Daytona, especially when it's windy and the dirt's kind of drying out like it did yesterday, one of the real challenging parts is the setup, because supercross suspension and motocross riding like a real Daytona style track. They don't work that great together. So when you get a high speed, loose, sandy, kind of, kind of washy sand and just rough track, some guys go out there and they soften up their supercross suspension. Other guys go out there and they kind of kind to go for more of a motocross sus- uh, suspension. that's just tightened up a little bit. Well, when you got, you know, when you change between tires and stuff, that's difficult thing, especially when the in the heat when all of them got a bad start and then they, they whole the whole team changed their, their tires over it's like wow really makes you wonder.
2: Yeah, I'm and I mean so I understood why everyone was running the paddle, okay. You had that long ass section of sand, one eighty, another long section of sand, whatever. But at the same time Yeah, and the
3: rest of it being so loose nice too i mean the deep thrust is difficult with the paddle but even for just regular long they're pretty
2: damn good i've used them for many years they're pretty damn good but i don't think you needed that paddle on the rest of, hold on hold on we have a special call in here hold on just a second cole you getty
0: welcome to the show bod uh, what's the word you're on the what line, I with, line? You're, you. On,
2: you're on the line with tom cooper
0: Oh, what's up, Tom Cooper? Hey, greeting. So we were just. What do you, to, oh, go ahead, yeah, guys. what are you guys into? Uh, well, this is the one nine one in Florida right now. I, I got a real question for you. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. What are you guys? What are you guys diving into?
2: Well, we were just talking about the whole tire debate that was going on last night. We were at the paddle and the sand and how. Yeah, when it was costing I, I wanna, the Starboys. I want to
0: bring up that. I was like, Hey, you guys gonna run a paddle because I'm a paddle believer. I I really like those mm-hmm. tires just for mm-hmm. personal reasons. And oh, no, I, I remember
3: asking that Battle Creek Sandy track, he knows.
0: Well that and like dude, I've run that thing at Dutch and like all these hard pack tracks and it's just fine. So uh I mean that's why I was kinda wanted to throw it in Kevin Colton's face because I was like, Hey, you guys gonna run a paddle? You guys gonna run that at Daytona? And they're like, Fuck no. But hey, I, I think a paddle on the 250 main,
2: right? Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Actually, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think that uh, those pro circuit boys were running paddles, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because uh,
0: like right before right before the gate drop, they were doing their pre-race support, and it was on the back of McAdoo's bike, right?
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I'd have to go back and watch the broadcast, but I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. So no, I like the tire thing i'm like I said I'm a big believer in those tires um if you want to dive real deep into it um I like the m x eleven better than the m x twelve um but that m x twelve has rounder side lugs, so when you do get into that harder stuff, it kind of rounds off a little bit but also it's it's real real pointy i guess you could say paddly in the center so I mean, I I think that's a great all around tire for Daytona, but mm-hmm. I guess when I brought it up, I I sounded like an idiot previously. Yeah, but.
2: I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like that track is hard enough most places now that you didn't need it. I mean, if you were running that paddle to literally get through that sand section, you were giving up on everything else, but if they had the bike set up where it would work with the paddle around the whole track, well, then it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem quite so stupid, but I don't know. It, I it mean, I think was the corners were soft
0: enough. Yeah. I think the normal corners were soft enough to make it work. And, yeah. and that beachy sand section, if you're picking up a half second a lap, like that's worth it right there. Mm-hmm. Especially going inside where you got to get that dick. hmm mm-hmm.
2: I, I was going to say, oh, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing they were really talking about with the tires was the start because you got, like, that red clay start area. Um, that's where the guys were
3: losing it. Fair enough
2: it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, it might not have been that great on that start. Um, I don't know where McAdoo was off the start. We'll use him for an example. But um, he came through the pack, and I, I'm 90% sure he was on that tire.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm
0: pretty uh, sure you're right. You know, it's right. interesting you
2: say it about
3: the start because the start, as every round, I mean, they saw you Eli Tomek hit the whole shot and he goes and wins. Well, if you're thinking about the putting the tire on, like this, I think this is a lot of what the start was thinking about. If you're picking a tire for the start versus picking a tire for the rest of the sand section and all the other bullshit. If you're mm-hmm. thinking about the start only, it makes you
0: really curious, especially right after the gate. Yeah, I mean... I I don't know. I I, I know Alex Martin was probably running that thing. Mm -hmm. He's always running that bad boy. And, like, even, like, guys, I don't know. Kev must personally not like that tire because I asked him the same thing at Redbud. I'm like, hey, you're running the scoop? Nah, too hard of a base. But even at Redbud, dude, that tire is good, especially on a deep start at Redbud. Dude,
2: even I run that tire at Redbud until, like, if I have, like, a late moto in the afternoon, then I'll swap. But other than that, yeah, I'm running that scoop at Redbud because that place is you fucking deep. run that deep.
0: scoop everywhere, dude. I remember <laughs> back in the day, all the Baja boys would come over and run that shit at Log Road.
2: I think you're a little crazy oh, yeah. running it at Dutch, but, you know, that's that's just Dutch. Log Road, I think you Dutch get away first, with it.
3: The first practice is always thick as chocolate cake at and, and Dutch, so that's not such a bad idea.
0: Yeah, I mean... Amateur racing, if you're a good enough rider, you can make that tire work. And if it's five laps, all you need to start. Like, let's be real. An amateur <laughs> one guy. one like, gets off, look, look how he's gone. <laughs> uh, maybe for a lap. Maybe for a lap. <laughs> but I could probably learn how to ride a wide bike. I don't like to ride a wide bike, but I could probably get pretty good at it. <laughs> You want to know, know, no.
2: know who rode a wide bike last night? Cooper Webb. <laughs> Cooper. Yeah, did you guys get into that move yet? What do you guys think of all that? Uh, uh, we have not. This is the first time I brought it up. I think it's fantastic because it set Kenny off, and all it's going to do hey. is create drama for us, which is going to be fucking phenomenal.
0: Hey, what did I say I on the last the show? show. Game, remember what I said on the last show? Uh, no, I don't remember. I believe I said the, uh, the mind games are going to start, and Coop is better at them. Ah, yes. boom, there they are. Well, hey, so, you know,
2: Coop, li- Coop likes well, to play games, will... but so does Kenny.
0: Kenny plays games, baby. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen him play games. But it will be interesting to see if he can play that game because realistically, when has he ever been in a title fight that was super contested? I mean, I don't think he had to play mind games when he won his, won his West title. Tomac just choked. Um, both of his outdoor titles were, I mean, fairly easy. I mean, the one on the Suzuki, he had no competition at all.
2: No, no. Um, the
0: first time on the KTM, I don't believe the points were very close on that one either. So, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles it, I think. I think that the Cooper Webb
3: is perhaps the best racer mind we have. The best bulldog, just junkyard dog, mean coming at you for the for the win. I think that he perhaps has the edge over everyone else in
1: the 450 class. Yeah,
0: and I really hope uh, Supercross Live or whoever runs the media stuff has a mic down on the gate next to next to Webb. I want to hear what kind of shit he's saying on the fucking line.
2: <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet especially? it's epic. <laughs>
0: hey, especially if he lines up next to next to Roxen. Yeah, which he which he did in Daytona. I believe they started next to each other, so I wonder uh, what yeah. I, if, if there's was more to the, the story way. there. Yeah, I wonder if there's more to the story there and then uh the move to set it off. And you could tell Roxon wanted them back. Like they were coming out of the tunnel. He stuck that fender in him pretty hard. He he did, uh, yeah. But I go back to Roxon he could he needed to change his lineup in the sand. Like he kept going to the outside and he was losing the time. He gained up every lap right there. If he would have started going to the inside a lot quicker, I think he could have set web up for the whoops and made the move. I think, I mean, if you watch it back, like I was just so frustrated because web would hit the inside in the sand, do that little, uh, do some surfing there. And Kenny would go to the outside every lap, and he just couldn't lay it into that berm because it was blown out, and the rut was shitty, and he would lose half a second, I would say, right there, every time, and then gain it back in the rest of the track. So, I mean, I'll point to that, too. I think that was a big problem and why he couldn't get the move done or catch him or, or all the above. Yeah, I don't I de- know if you guys noticed that or not.
2: Well, I definitely liked how they how they sized that uh, or like made that sand section and then put like an actual berm on the outside. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. The problem was, like you said, by the time we got to the 450 main, that fucking berm was so blown out that like you well, couldn't and do, it was just you couldn't do a run yeah. And through looking
0: it. at it from a rider's standpoint, like you're tucking the front wheel, like you're barely even in dirt. You're just floating, and then you hit a clay wall like that's got to be so weird to try and figure that out because like, you're expecting the bike to slide and then you got to throw it into a clay berm and then go back to the sand i mean that oh yeah got to be interesting too
2: yeah i wonder if they'd have been better off like building it and then just burying it in sand
0: I uh, yeah i don't know definitely an interesting section for sure and Caused a, a lot of chaos. That's
2: yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, dude, the inside Bro. of that was the inside corner there was gnarly in that sand. Tank. I mean, dude, the braking boats yes. coming in there were absolutely. Re- when you're watching pro guys, pro 450 guys go in there, and they look like 65 kids at Redbud. Like, dude, it was it was nuts. So
0: yeah, and that that line to or that corner just reminds me of going and riding at Silver Lake because. You build like a turn track or ride a turn track in Silver Lake in the Dunes, every time you're hitting that corner, it's different. Yeah. Um, so, Dead yeah, up. I mean, track was, I think, the the best one that we've seen in Daytona in quite a few years, in my opinion. Oh, yes, 100%. Uh, you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I feel that way, too. Yeah. It's and almost the that, that wind was grinding off up, because
3: uh, instead of having like real holy, like it was ruddy and, and rough don't get me wrong but it gets different when it's wetter
1: yeah
0: yep. Yeah. and i was very very surprised that the track turned out as well as it did from some of the photos that i had seen and, and shit like that mm-hmm. um, from earlier in the morning of the storm coming in so was anybody no, I'm yeah, I'm back to what was it Oh four, oh five?
3: or the big mutter
2: oh yeah 05.
0: Chat, twice, eyes, one lap to go <laughs> oh uh, that was 08 wait 08, Reed. Yeah, Reed won the title that year, right? 08? Uh, um, I don't know. 05,
2: 05 was a mudder, Oh five 05 was
0: two strokes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, when, that's when Carmichael put it in the pavement, 05.
2: Hmm. Um, was
3: anybody My good else? My Jake Marzak, got a podium with that putter because uh, Reedy, Reedy blew it up, and he ended up on the podium.
0: Best yeah, best yep, Marzak, Michigan boy. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and he was—he was just chugging along doing that—that that Michigan mud dance, chugged it along, <laughs> and put her in the third, which is—which is pretty damn cool. Was anybody a,
2: was anybody disappointed that we didn't see anyone launch that wall all day?
0: Uh, go to Sexton's Instagram. Are you very active on Instagram? No. Okay, so they talked about it in the broadcast where Sexton had. Chipped his two thing, black eyes and all that?
2: Yeah, I heard that. Oh, and yeah.
0: From that wall. He went from the wall into the single and went a little long and faced that table. <laughs> <laughs> that That's was a probably huge leap right very there. James Stewart-influenced. Yeah, I feel like that. That's a huge but, leap. Yeah, if you go to his Instagram, it, it shows him doing it. And he went long and faced right into that table pretty hard. Well, now I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, Remind me of done. that one. Uh, I don't know if you ever wrote it. That uh, Freestone, but it reminds me
3: of that one where you're jumping off of that wall into the rollers
0: of Freestone. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: The uh,
0: Well, Baggett made that thing pretty famous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when yeah, Baggett was yeah, skying that thing.
2: All I know but, is I, uh, I was watching the Press Day videos going, is anybody going to jump that wall? Because the distance, like, it was big, but it wasn't, like, that big. And that wall was not as steep as, like, uh, what year was it, like 14? or something when was when was Stu jumping the fucking wall right before 11. quit? 11 okay when there was that huge and it was like steep and it was just absolutely skying you into you know the the stratosphere or whatever it wasn't quite like that it was it was much more of just like a check a check a speed check wall But it wasn't that steep, so I was like, watching the press day videos, I'm like, dude, you could probably, (laughs) I mean, you could probably jump onto the table from there, Um, especially with the amount of speed they were coming
0: in. Yeah, where I was at with it, though, is, yeah, it's cool to do that, but it definitely wasn't very efficient and fast, because you're in the air, like, just... Jumping over to that thing. Meanwhile, guys are powering down the other side and and making up a couple bike links right there in itself. Yeah. I mean, for the fans and stuff, yeah, that's awesome and cool. But let's face it, these guys are racing the same freestyle. So,
2: yeah, whatever. I'm going to have to go check it out on uh, Sexton's thing. I was super bummed when they said during the broadcast that, oh, yeah, he jumped it and just completely annihilated his face on the bars. Um, and I was like, oh man, we didn't see it. Cause I thought for sure somebody would do it. Like somebody in practice or something was just going to go, go rocket ship on it, which I guess they did, all but right. we didn't see it. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny
3: you say that we didn't see it because yesterday, every one of those red flags, I was like, well, what the hell made them red flags?" Like, cause it, it was for whatever reason, like be a few minutes before they even show what happened. What's yeah. The, hell yeah. Here? the most red flags ever. And I think, you know, all of them are, you didn't even have any of them on t v yeah
2: exactly <laughs> it was um
0: it, yeah it, hopefully hopefully Crown's all right. I know he hit his head pretty good, yeah, he was previously and was having some issues um and at some neuro doctors and stuff like that, um so I hope that's not a real long term deal for him.
2: Have you heard what what happened to Harrison?
0: Uh, no. What, they put Oldenburg's motor in?
2: I don't know. I haven't heard anything either. I, because I had him for fantasy, so that's why I'm like, what the oh, fuck I happened know you to him did. in the main? Oh, I know you did. <laughs> him, him and Sipes. Yeah, dude, I don't want to talk about it, but anyway.
0: Yeah, I took Sipes. I wasn't too thrilled about Hardy Munoz. Hardy
2: Munoz is a fucking clown. I'm just going to put that out there right now. That motherfucker was taking the stupidest fucking lines to clean people out. That was the only lines he was fucking taking in corners all night, and he's a fucking chucklehead, okay? Every fucking corner. You watched him do it in every fucking corner. He went straight to the exit. Ha- is
0: this because he you took your fantasy guy out? Or- no, he yeah, did it to totally. somebody else later, too. Like,
2: they showed multiple times. Munoz was in the, on the fucking screen during the broadcast, and every fucking time, he's not taking corners, he's going straight to the exits, like, what the fuck are you doing? Which, it really sucks, because during fucking, uh, didn't he race outdoors and he did pretty decent or something? Or am I thinking of somebody else? he got
0: 93, he's got a number.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm just like, dude, you're literally just going straight to the fucking exits of corners. Like, I'll give you that Sipes turned down early there, on that corner, but where the fuck was Munoz going? Because he was not riding that fucking corner. You want to talk about a race that wasn't tech on, rant? That I'm wasn't on. No, that, was what I'm
3: talking about now. that wasn't on Munoz. <laughs> he's, not, he's riding along the same apex everybody else kind of is, right? Yeah, if Somebody
0: cut down his. Far- yeah, on that one.
2: I will give. I will give that one was a mix, but his entrance angles <laughs> into corners were fucking terrible all
0: night. Hey, did you did you see during the red flag, Jerry Robin? Right up next to him, and was giving him an earful, and then oh, did a, butter gave him a brake check down. on the on the pavement. Did you guys see that?
2: No, I didn't. I'll, yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and watch this broadcast again because I feel like there were some things I missed in it. But yeah, but definitely, it doesn't surprise me though. Like I said, he was riding like a fucking clown.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, last chance, boys. You gotta love him. I got one for you, Travis. So I tweeted this during the race. I was uh. During that whole LCQ thing, I was like, this has got to be an emotional roller coaster for some fantasy owners. So (laughs) how how are you feeling during all
2: that? Oh, my God. Dude, I was so mad because I had Harrison in there, and he was the only dude that I needed to get in to the main. And I know
0: a lot of people at
1: Masterpool.
2: Yeah. And so I'm, like, watching it, and it's like we get the first start, and it's like, oh, shit. But then we were kind of okay, and then the red flag comes out. Then the second start, we were real good. I think we were, like, fucking leading or, like, second or something. And it was like, oh, yeah, all right, here we go. And then, boom, red flag. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And then we get to that third start, and we're, like, buried. And I'm like, god damn it. Am I seriously? Like, this is this is what's happening? After he was in position in the in the heat, and then his fucking motor blows up. Oh, man, I was so mad. So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it blew up. That was something weird because he still idled off the track. Yeah,
2: well, it, yeah, whatever, whatever happened to it? Something happened that all of a sudden the bike fucking quit for some reason.
0: So. Yeah, he <laughs> hasn't had much luck with bikes, huh? Did the solitaire thing? Yeah, that was trash. Yep, this, this doesn't look too good so far. Nope.
2: <laughs> that PC bike yep. last year was all right. <laughs> so I mean, I'll to I'm
3: coming out and at least getting getting some time out front for a little bit, even if it was
0: just a quality. Yeah. 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 G- I mean, really good for him. Real good for him, especially all the doubters on his supercross escapade. Yeah. After yeah. having seen him do so well outdoors and then you're,
3: you're like, okay, well, let's see what you got indoors. It's only his second week on the job for being a, being a supercross rider, but he's doing, you know, he's got the speed, right? Just to uh, kind of yeah. watch
0: his development. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh. And he doesn't have half the time on supercross as a lot of those guys. So
2: no, not at all. I
0: was uh, I was happy to see that, and I hope he has kind of like a chip on his shoulder, like yeah, I want to I want to prove something in supercross just because nobody mm. said I could do it kind of thing. So what do you guys but,
2: What do you guys think of Thrasher and and Fry so
0: far? Uh. I'm just going to go back to coach Rob's comments and use those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anybody out there listening? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? I think watching those
3: young guys figure out, they got a little, you know, obviously there's a lot of shit to learn when you're going from B class or whatever, to be in a, to be in a pro supercross, but for being such a steep learning curve, I mean, it's, it's
2: interesting to watch these guys. I bet. I bet they're getting an earful again this week because that was not impressive rides out of either of them last night. Again, so
0: I. Uh, well, and the one guy that surprised me the most, and we talked about him a lot with Coach Rob was on the phone, um, was Pierce Brown. Dude, he did not. He wasn't down in the brown. Nope. And he podium. Like yeah. God, who saw that coming? Nobody.
2: Mm -hmm. I I did not see that. I didn't see Styles Robertson getting second.
0: Hey, I picked him, by the way. Yeah, well, well, fuck you. (laughs) Hey, hey, guess who else I picked? I don't want to know. Every every year since this man has been on a 450, despite how shitty his seasons have gone, his AP has ran damn good at Daytona every time, so I picked him and uh yeah I well know how his you, you want to he talk, did it for dale
2: you he, he did it for dale but you want to talk about how that last straightaway he just doubled through it not paying attention like situational i don't
0: think he realized what was that close situational
2: awareness at an all time low there's no way he
0: did it on purpose there's no way you want to bet no there's no way he did that on purpose but in his mind i mean yeah it might have an out- outcome on the uh, the championship and affect that but in ap's mind he's like Fuck yeah! I proved what I needed to prove tonight. I'll take a podium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. And know. I, I think if he had more fitness, man, he would have been even more of a contender. Because he had the gap closed on Tomac for a little while during that main. He did look um, really good. Same thing good. in the heat race, dude. Um, so I, I think it was more of a fitness thing. Because that the speed was definitely there. So, um, stoked for him. You think I should be up a local? I I hope so. Um. I think he well he's been consistently a top 10 guy I don't think anybody's realized that all year he's been in the top 10 um, the first moment where I was like alright this dude's back is when uh, I don't know what round it was but they switched the camera around to him and he's chasing AC down and passing him And I was like I, I think he always got to worry about him I think he's picking up steam so which is which is awesome and then uh and i heard some things about his contract how different it is this year um so the star contract is a little looser um before yamaha they had him tied down like using a jail cell kind of thing so ap he's a guy that likes to have a little fun off the track and in his yamaha contract from what i had heard and this is a guy that knows some people um he, he had no wow. drinking policy and shit like that in his Yamaha contract. Wow. No shit. Whereas
2: No wonder Chandler. Whereas
0: did that. Yeah. So whereas Star they let him be a little looser and have fun. And I think this goes to where some guys need that, man. Like I don't know if you ever seen the Michael Jordan documentary and they talk about Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah. And Dennis Rodman Dennis Rodman was just like don't talk to me. I'm going to Vegas for four days. Went on a bender, came back, they won the next game. Like, sometimes that's just how those guys operate, and I think that's a, that's proven to be a good thing for AP. So, I'm sure he was well, you know that means, cool. that means, Cole? That means if you're trying to do some,
3: if you're trying to do some pro this year, we're going to have to go on a bender for the weekend of sport <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
0: I don't know. I told these guys, if they want me to do that thing, let's let's see some money in an account. Sometimes so you can uh,
3: you can ride a little guilty and you and you have a little bit better of a you have a little bit of a piss off thing
0: to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told these guys to start raising some money and then maybe we do it. But we'll
2: call we'll call uh, we'll, we'll call see. Rusty next show. I'm sure Rusty will be in on this.
0: All right, we'll we'll cold call him. See what he says. So, um.
2: All right. <laughs> so who you guys? Now we're now we're a couple of races into this West Series here. So you guys think this is still Cooper's to lose, or you think McAdoo's going to give him a run for his money?
3: Oh, I don't think we're far enough in to, to say that truthfully.
0: All right, <laughs> I uh, from what I've seen so far, I think it's I think that Mcadoo definitely has the momentum. Um, he's coming off two real big confidence building rides, especially that ride last night. And I don't know if Cooper has the mental stability. I mean, we've seen it. He's come out swinging every year and then just has a slump and starts shitting the bed. So um, it look like it
3: last night, but that
0: could be a lot. Yeah, of- I mean, last night came through the pack, but there were a lot of mistakes while he was coming through the pack. Um, and we typically don't see a lot of mistakes out of Cooper. Very smooth guy, awesome riding style. And he almost put it into the side of the tunnel, a um, couple other different things. so I don't know man i think I think McAdoo is gonna give him a run. i I mean, if you look it back to the first round in Orlando, McAdoo paced him, and uh, I think it was gonna be a different story if there weren't if there wasn't a red flag um, for Amart. so I, I don't know man i I'm on the train that McAdoo mackie dude is gonna do some good things this year and he's got great people in his corner he's got a guy like ac to model himself after um and i think you can see that in his interviews and the way he carries himself too is kind of a lot like ac so um i don't know man i i'm not i don't know a lot about him but um from what i've been seeing lately i'm starting to, to kind of like the guy
2: Seems seems like a really nice kid. I felt super bad last night when he's like, Yeah, my mom is sitting up in three sixty five, and I'm like, Really? Y'all couldn't like your mom? <laughs> oh, and he couldn't... put a jab on COVID. Oh yeah. Dude, that was hilarious. But I'm just like I like I still felt bad. I'm like, dude, your mom can't even be down there with you right now. Like fuck off.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Quite a That's... first win there. Yeah. Your mom's in from Iowa and she's in the three hundred nosebleeds. bleeds. Yeah. Watching with binoculars.
2: <laughs> that was yeah, that was that was a wild that was a wild thing to, to hear hear said there. But um uh yeah, I don't so I guess I don't really know. I think we're gonna have a good battle. I'm we always say like, oh, we don't have enough information, but yeah, we all make uh we all make comments after each race, you know, and like last week you watched Justin Cooper come out and just dominate and you go, Oh, Cooper's got this. You know, I heard a lot of comments about like, well, martin's out so i guess cooper's gonna walk to this title or whatever and then last night he has issues mcadoo scores the win mcadoo's got the points lead i mean uh, i think once we get through the dallas uh what are what are they calling it now when we go to these three race things
0: uh, uh oh i don't know uh, three weekers
2: no they keep they keep saying it <laughs> oh residency i think once we go through our dallas oh, yeah. residency here um, and knock out three more races here with the West Coast guys. I think we're then going to have a better picture of this title here with this. I, I'm very tempted to say that I think it is a two-horse battle, much like you have the Craig and uh, Craig and uh, oh, shit. Why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, Colt Nichols, oh, come yeah. on, Craig man. and Nichols on the on the <laughs> come East Coast, on, guy. bro. I had a brain fart. It Leave me the fuck alone. Ago, it was a long
0: time.
2: I was to say, yeah, I don't even remember who the fuck was racing on that coast other than Jet. Uh, which, by is, the way, is Martin coming back? Uh Jeremy is shooting for, I think Atlanta is what they said. I don't think he was coming back for oh, Dallas. Like his shoulder is pretty um, fucked up, from what I understand. So so. We'll see. I think that could
0: get interesting, too, because um, we say there's not team orders in the sport and all that bullshit, especially when it's sorry, Yamaha. Um, and I, how do you think that's going to go? You think Jeremy's going to do some team order stuff? Not, and, a and fucking,
1: get not
2: a fucking chance.
0: Why is that? Because J-Mart doesn't act like that.
2: They'll tell him well, that. Well, he's going to act like
0: that because he went out on limb to get that ride back.
2: They'll tell him that, but he—I don't think he and I think I don't he's going to he do whatever the fuck they tell him to do. I don't know. I would be highly surprised to see that out of J-Mart. because <laughs> J-Mart doesn't like uh, anybody. He wants a four fifty ride.
0: I think he's got an option in his contract. I, it sounds to me like if he gets an outdoor title, he gets a four fifty option. Speaking
2: of four, speaking of four fifty
0: rides,
2: you want to hear some wild shit I heard this week? I heard.
0: Oh, is this your is this your partner thing? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs>
2: What? I mean, dude, I heard from a, rip. I heard a from, I heard from a fairly credible source that Forkner, which al- podcast was it? already has a signed <laughs> deal moto? to go to Factory Kawasaki next year because they thought Eli was going to retire. And so now they're like, uh, oh. what the fuck are we going to do because as far as I know, I don't think Eli is retiring, maybe, but I don't know. And then, obviously, Forkner hasn't won a fucking title yet, which they also thought was going to be a thing fairly easily. And instead, he just keeps throwing them away. So, yeah, so that definitely creates an interesting predicament.
3: That is interesting. I can't believe Forkner would go up already. He's so light. and young still.
0: Yeah, and that is an interesting thing, but it's been proven time and time again in our industry and in our sport. Contracts don't mean a fucking thing. Very That's true. It's very really true, unique
3: for to motocross too. I've never seen any other con- any other uh, sport where your contract is just a piece of paper.
0: Yeah, put it in the shredder. <laughs> Protect. I don't you're smart enough to get
2: either. <laughs> Did a uh, um, uh shit. What was I just? Damn it! Now I'm blanking because I just had something else. Uh Tom. So why would you think that he would go to 450s already? That it was it was Could said it was it was said that that has been done like it was done not it's not even a thing that's been done recently this was like a year or two ago when he re-signed his huh. deal that it was to go to 450s in at this year yada 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 whatever like Kawasaki that's I think was hedging their to get his two-stroke or his 250 titles. That's a bummer. Yeah, well, again, who knows if it's going to happen. I mean, we talked to coach Rob last week and he said that he doesn't think that Pro Circuit's going to re-sign Forkner period. He thinks he's out. He's done. Wow. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. It but it was it was definitely something interesting to hear being said of like, well, Forkner's already got a 450 contract. What the fuck do you mean Forkner's got a 450 contract? He's won, what? 10 races 16 races was that what it was something like that so why the fuck would you give him a 450 contract he doesn't have any titles hell even giving jmart a 450 contract would be more worth it all you got to think is if you give jmart a 450 contract you're literally you're giving him a contract to ride outdoors and win you a title there and then as far as supercross goes you're just basically putting up with him
0: uh yeah that's I, I'm out on Fortner. I'm just all the way out. I mean, it, it definitely makes things yeah, interesting. Speed's there. I mean, we can hold on to that, but... I, well, Man, I, he's got a lot of other shit going on.
2: The silly, the silly season rumors <laughs> are flying hard already. I've also heard that the reason that none of the Rockstar guys are signed for next year is because Rockstar is still not signed on as the title sponsor for next year for Husky. So... <laughs> And we've heard before that Rockstar might go away. So you take Rockstar out of the picture, where the fuck are they getting money at that point then? I mean, at that point, you got to think Husky just steps up and says, okay, cool, well, we've got to field a couple-man team here anyway. So I
3: don't think, well, it's a real weird, weird time because of everything in the world right now, but I don't think it'd be that hard for a KTM-based team to, to find another title sponsor, even if it isn't uh energy drink. Hopefully, frankly, for the sport, it isn't another energy drink. I don't think it'd be that hard for him to go and for a title sponsor.
2: Geico Honda went away.
3: I mean, this is true, and I and I still think <laughs> that that was a surprise, mostly on, on Honda's behalf.
2: Yeah, that that was uh, definitely at, interesting like, that Honda half. just let that fade away. But yeah, but uh, when That's when strange. you say something like that, it's like, well, Geico Honda just went away, and they and they had a lot of titles on the side of that trailer. And they had a lot of good guys signed up to ride, and it was only a couple million bucks a year they needed. So they—you know—the
3: one mystery to me, the thing that's strangest to me about the whole thing is that while the whole world is fucked up from last year, I know more people right now with new bikes within the last twelve months than I've ever known in my whole life,
2: my 100%. whole entire life. Hundred percent. I'm one of them.
0: I'm true. another one. of <laughs> I, all, my, all my boys might got new huskies.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't like I said, I don't know, but then you also have the rumor mill flying around that like Anderson's not going back that um uh who was the guy that owned the Rockstar team? Bobby
0: Hewitt. Bobby Hewitt.
2: Yeah. Well Bobby's been out of that team for over a year now, and supposedly he's coming back and starting another new team because he wants back in. So he I've heard that I've heard that Ando is going to ride for that new team next year and not ride for the Husky team. So then you basically have you know the 250 kids, Dino and Zacho. And is Zacho riding again next year? Dino,
0: if if, if Rockstar pulls out, Dino is gone because that contract is all all Rockstar for Dino.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It makes things super yeah. interesting. There's a lot of contracts that are up this year. And there's going to be a lot of moving pieces come come 2021 uh, or 2022 silly season here.
0: I mean, last year's... We're so going to need know, a lot more sponsorships from the
2: Motor Aftermath show, that's for sure. Oh, fuck, dude. I wish, man. God, <laughs> I wish we were making that kind of cash. <laughs> well, look what was done for, for Mr. Moran's. I mean,
0: I'm so happy yeah, to Mr. see you, although Moran's he didn't qualify last year. The LCQ's mm. leading.
2: We, I would say, we didn't qualify yesterday, but boy, we were on TV because we lined up right next to Dino, and we were on TV for a <laughs> while, like so long that I like watched it. Was like, fuck yeah, we're on TV. Sat there, was like, you know, I should probably take a picture of this and send it to him. Got my phone out, and like, I mean, this is a long process, and then was about to take a picture, and then they finally went away from that shot, but I was like, wow, we were just on TV for a long fucking time, and then he whole shots the fucking race and leads. Which, as he's leading, did, I'm just going, "Oh God, oh God."
0: <laughs> did you watch qualifying at all?
2: Uh yeah, had, I w- watch most of it.
0: They had the camera on him for a long time, and they were just yes. talking about how greedy was for his sponsors and stuff.
2: Yes, yes, that was awesome so, that too. That was sick too. Yeah, we're we're definitely definitely getting a lot of stuff. Oh, speaking of that, Cole, I gotta if I send you my logos in a PNG file, can you uh can you cut the background out on them? I'm not tech savvy enough to make that happen.
0: <laughs> dude, literally Google background remover.
2: Bro, the last time I Googled something or used YouTube to try to make something in, like, uh, Photoshop or After Effects or whatever, it took me, like, four hours for something a dude did in a 10-minute video, and it still looked like shit when I was done. Dude, Google background You're working remover. You
0: work with trans over there? What's happening right now?
2: Bro, I suck at technology. Like,
0: all right, bro. Send them over. Send them over. Right. I got the Janky logo that you sent me, but it wasn't the PNG file. Well,
2: I have two PNG files. When I'm sitting at the computer here, I'll, e- I'll email them to you. One for the coatings and one for the Moto Aftermath. And yes, if you can cut the backgrounds out send of those, em. would be awesome. Kev needs them. So. Send, them. send them right now. <laughs> I can't send them right now. I'll even I'm, change the color. I'm in the shop. I'm not a, like. at a computer. so. What, oh. Have oh, okay so let's uh getting off the racing thing here for just a second i was listening to a radio uh, well it's still moto related i was listening and this is more cole, cole would know this because tom i know you're busy and you don't get to do this kind of shit i was listening to a uh tanner fox podcast with buttery the other day with
0: buttery yeah i listened to it too. bro high seven figures that kid's fucking high we no
2: way you don't think so I don't think so. You don't think he's you don't think he's doing high six figures on merch alone?
0: For six figures. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think so. Wait, what?
2: So, do when you know when he who...
0: dropped he was getting that kind of money at like when he dropped Logan Paul numbers? I'm like there's no way.
2: Do you know Tom, you know who Buttery Films is? Yeah. Yeah. So, he was on a podcast and they were basically saying, "Do you know who Logan Paul is? Like the YouTuber?" Yeah. Yeah, they were basically saying that I like, know
3: he was YouTuber. I just know him from all the fighting stuff and everything else.
2: Yeah, so he's a he's a big ass YouTuber. Like we're talking millions upon billions of views on YouTube, right? And uh that, okay. I mean they were saying that Buttery is doing Logan Paul numbers merch wise. So yeah, I don't or know. But it it was definitely to who? according to him.
0: Nah, Tanner Fox was the Who's selling
3: all these t-shirts to his grandma or something? Holy shit.
2: I don't fucking know.
0: Wow. I don't know. The Tanner Fox a t-shirt, boys. If you know Tanner Fox's story.
2: Tanner Fo- Not really. I know he's like some fucking scooter kid, and he makes YouTube videos, and he has a big following, but I don't really know why, so...
0: Well, he somehow... Well, he started making YouTube videos, so just I'm going to try to keep it real short, but he got all this money, and then whoever is around him is very business-oriented, must be. Yeah. he used all this money to get a GTR, made this GTR super crazy and sweet. Yeah, Godzilla. And then somehow Hot Wheels got involved, and they made Hot Wheels cars of this kid's car. Wow. And then... I have that. He has the number one selling scooter on Amazon. So yep. He's getting all that. Um, and then he has his merch company, but he also distributes merch for all of these other YouTubers brands. Ah, and then I was doing some looking earlier and I went to click on the brand to see what the, the, the merch brand was and the dist- distribution company's name, go to their Instagram and they're doing Christian Craig's merch now.
2: No shit. That doesn't surprise so all me. all though. Of this
0: Christian Craig's merch is coming through this Tanner Fox kid, and this Tanner Fox kid has no idea who the fuck Christian Craig even is. <laughs> well, maybe he does. Who knows? I don't he didn't know anything about motocross when he was talking to Buttery, did he? Uh
2: not especially, but all those SoCal kids know each other, so fucking who knows. Yeah. Plus <laughs> are that
0: video, not really.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. When they were talking about that, I was like, "We have to get our merch game going. We have to get our merch game going hard." (laughs) Like, fuck, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, buddy. I'm working on that. Yeah, but it all the it all starts with the following. Well, yeah. We got. I mean, buttery had three three hundred thousand or more before he even started doing merch. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow.
2: Hmm. Well, I guess we better step that shit up then.
0: Well, now he's shadow banned on Instagram. So.
2: Yeah, that was interesting, too, that he was shadow banned there. I wonder what that was for. I wonder if it's because he just shows this crazy shit that's, like, at the parties or whatever or something. I don't know. I don't follow him, so I don't, I don't know either.
0: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's enough of buttery. Yeah. But that little boy call out. I want to race him.
2: <laughs> But, anyway, back to the... Uh, Back, back to the race at hand here. Daytona. So, Eli Tomac ties uh, Ricky Carmichael's record. I'm not sure if you guys heard that 27 times last night, but, but Tomac tied hey, Carmichael's hey. record.
0: Speaking of Ricky, you want to know something hilarious? Wait, wait, I wait. Hold on. Before you,
2: before you tell me that, did you know that, that Tomac tied Ricky's record last night?
0: No, I didn't hear that.
2: Oh, okay, cool. I just want to let you know. Tomac <laughs> tied Ricky's record oh. at five. Ricky's okay with it, though. He's cool. Oh, nice. He's totally cool.
0: All right. Okay, back to you. Um, what were you saying? Okay. Well, Ricky was tooting his horn about how great the track was all night. And then Webb's heat race interview, Webb goes, yeah, the track's kind of shitty. <laughs>
2: it was great. Oh, it was great. I don't know. I, I didn't think that track
0: was that bad, though. I thought it was pretty good. For for a Daytona, I
2: thought that it was. was
0: good. A, that was one it of the better football. Daytona track. Yeah.
2: Yeah, cuz we only had, sure. we only had that one little switch back there right off the start. Other than that, it was really long straightaways and stuff, so that was cool. Yep. So, and yeah.
0: the the tunnel really really helped.
2: Yeah. The other thing I liked about it too, those those uh those kind of off-camber finger jumps after the tunnel, I felt like they did a really yep. good job building those the way they drew them up as far as like so that one side was way higher than the other side <laughs> and it made options and if you didn't hit the right spot, made it interesting. So I really, I like those jumps a lot.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool too. I enjoyed those. Because, you know, like I said, man, the whole track was good, except for that death section before the finish.
2: Yeah, that was interesting too, (laughs) because it didn't seem like it was that hard, but it also seemed like if you got off your rhythm, like the certain jumps weren't set up to jump off of. They were only landing. I think that
0: second one had a real big kicker.
2: Yeah, it was, I don't know, it
0: was weird. But, Took our man Crown down. Yeah, Crown in the brown.
2: But hey, we got ourselves a race in the 450 class here. I mean, Webb's what two behind Kenny now, or is he two ahead? Ken? Is he two? He's still two behind, right?
0: Ah, uh, something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we got. I got
3: 250 stuff up right now.
2: I got 250 points up right now. Well, we don't care about 250s. We're on 450s now, Tom. Stay with the program here. Well, let
0: me pull it We're all <laughs> over the place here. <laughs> we are. I don't
2: think we're on anything. No, we 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 have no set thing here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I mean, it's a two horse battle. And then of course for the next week here, we're going to get nothing but Tomax back in it. Tomax back in it. He's not back in it. He won Daytona, which honestly surprised me. I was shocked. Was anybody else shocked that he won? Oh, little... he's only, out, he's only
0: 24 points down with half a
3: season. Nah,
0: he's not out of it. And, I don't it's gonna take a lot for him to do it, but some of the runs we've seen him go on, oof. Mm-hmm.
2: But we haven't when he says
0: stop with... or when he thinks he might retire. I could see it.
2: But we haven't seen any of it this year. I mean, even last night, Daytona, his place, he did not dominate, okay? He got the whole shot what? and he was out front. Dominate and he win the line. How much
0: more do you want? Yeah, he
1: went wire to wire. Yeah, but dude, Think, think about how you, think, both
0: th- of it. The- no, think about
2: how you watch Tomac win. Okay, Tomac goes out and no. wins by fucking twenty seconds. Okay, especially at something like they Daytona. Don't ask how, they asked how many? I'm just saying. From what we've seen, we have not seen Tomac <laughs> show any real promise this year. Travis, you
0: don't think he dominated last night?
2: No. Not in the way that Tomek normally drunk. dominates. I'm not.
0: You're cum drunk.
2: He, dude. He was. <laughs> what was?
0: What was his biggest
2: gap on Aaron? Seven seconds.
0: Uh, was. I looked at
2: you, but it was like twenty on Web. So he was. Yeah, but he was seven seconds up on Aaron. Okay, which is second place. That's what I'm worried about. How far did he gap to second place? Seven seconds at the most. And that was a track that screamed Tomac. Oh, yeah. okay. what's he got it? What's he got to do? Speed, high win speed, Win by thirty. He should, have. dude. If dude, in order right if, now is unimpressed. or look That's back
1: and I'm see Aaron fucking, Plessinger. I'm in very second, unimpressed.
0: Like, or see Aaron Plessinger in second and be like, oh, I got this chump. Let you, me just cruise it in. The only the
2: only way I could have been more unimpressed last night would have been had he done something like last year where he followed Kenny around for fucking. 19 minutes and then kenny tips over and he and he passes him or something like that that's the only way i could have been more unimpressed than what i was with that win he had last night the only thing that impressed me about it is on the podium he didn't seem like he was fucking out of breath outside of that fuck There was nothing impressive to me about him yesterday. He was not impressive in practice. He wasn't impressive in the heat, and he didn't impress me in the main in the way that Tomac should impress me, especially at a Daytona track that was that high speed. That screams, absolutely screams Tomac. He should have won that race by 20 seconds in a normal year. However, this isn't a normal year. He's not showing any promise, and I think once we go back to Dallas next week, I think you're going to see the same thing. You might see somewhat of a resurgence. He might pull one off or two when we're at Atlanta because, again, we're outside. Those tracks look much like Daytona, long straightaways, that kind of stuff. You may see him pull something off in Atlanta, but other than that, I don't think you see him do much the rest of the year, to be really honest with you.
3: To win by 20 seconds at Daytona means that he has to be a second lap faster than Cooper Webb, Ken Rocks, and Aaron you know, all those guys.
2: He's Eli Tomac. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> and now that you're he dumb. doesn't
3: have to, he goes out and wins. He still gets paid a quarter million bucks or whatever. He doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's going by secondary or, or by
2: twenty seconds. Then why? Then why don't you tell him that four years ago when he's out there winning, dude? He would. He would win races by twenty fucking seconds on a forty-three second lap time track. I mean, it was. I'm not saying you're wrong there. It was it was unimpressive compared to what we know Tomac can do. And it just continues into the conundrum that is Eli Tomac and the conundrum that is Eli Tomac in twenty twenty one here. Reigning champ, he's won one race other than this Daytona race, which was very unimpressive. That race he won, very, very unimpressive. Other than that, we haven't heard shit out of him all year. I mean, well we're, he's still forty four
0: quiet year for now, for sure.
2: I mean, we're, we're nine rounds in. He's 24 points out of the title chase and has only won two races.
0: Sounds I don't like, like Tomac. As as I see. don't like Tomac. And that's been very clear. But 24 points and what he is capable of is not out of the question.
1: It would have to be a not major turn. the two tournament. guys who he's really battling with
3: Cooper Webb and, and Ken Roxton, the chances of both of them making it the next ro- or nine rounds. Or eight rounds, or whatever it is, the chances of both of them being healthy through the rest of it, unless just throw Barsha Bar- 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 in there too, isn't very good, right? So, you know, you, how many times have we see Ryan Dungey win a title by being steady Eddie and getting some wins here and there?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, I'm no, not, I'm not saying it can't be done, and I'm not saying that we won't get another three weeks down the road, and I look stupid because he's turned the ship around. But I'm just saying what I'm seeing right now, unimpressed. Every every agree one to every one of these titles is a two horse race. You got Craig and Nichols.
0: You got okay. I, actually, I agree. It hasn't been super impressive for Eli standards that he's given himself.
2: Thank you. True.
0: That's all I'm saying.
2: I'm not saying his. I'm not saying against anyone else. I'm just saying Eli Tomac against Eli Tomac standards. It looks like shit this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 20, 2021, here we are. Weege makes this all makes this comment all the time because we always talked about how stacked every fucking field is. What are we down to? We're down to a two-horse battle in every single title fight. Like I said, Craig and Nichols. You got McAdoo and, uh, and Cooper. And then you got Webb and Roxon. Two-horse battle. All three titles. That's all there is.
3: Uh, I would say four horses for the 450. but mm-hmm.
2: With Ooh. nine rounds left to go. Who are your other two? Left. Tomac and who else? Tomac and Barsha. Barsha's out of it, dude. Barsha's in fourth place. Barsha's out of it. How many points is he out? Uh, I don't know if you looked at the points, but uh, he's definitely not out of it. How many points is he out? Oh,
3: uh, like forty-eight.
2: Not a chance. No way.
3: I'm not saying that he's going. He's he's likely to go and win this cup, but I am saying that if he since he's already got two wins on the season, if he gets two more and some other guys have some not so great fortune, he's not out of it.
2: That's a, that's a lot of bad luck to a lot of guys. i mean dude you've got to have three dudes in front of you all have multiple bad nights I just in in only another eight rounds like I just don't see it
1: Well you gotta
3: at least not get uh, tomac out of it because I wouldn't rule him out especially if these allegations about retirement are in play he's gonna be giving her the next nine rounds
2: i will I will give you that tomac has the potential to climb out of that hole he's in. The best, Barsha's not there. We have never seen Barsha rattle off fucking four wins in a row. And look and I mean I will I will agree with you wholeheartedly that this year is so much better than previous years for him. It's unbelievable. However, it's not it's not life altering. Oh my god, the gods are are placing their hand on him and telling him to win this title changing. It's better. It's a lot better. But it's not it's not he's gonna go out and bust out four in a row. Better. I'm I will out. tell it both. I'm out. I'm out on that. Forty eight points, he's out. Twenty four points is pushing it. Now we
0: have seen Tomac forty eight you yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah I'm out on Bar Shift for with forty eight. For for a title, do you mean to tell me that you think three
3: fifty West is a two two horse race right now? You think that Macadoo and Cooper are the only two horses?
2: Yep. Hmm. Who else? Who uh, else has even looked? We got
3: March Fanks. We got Hunter Lawrence. We got Jalek Swole, who might not be a contender, but he's going to probably
0: be up there for some wins. We got. Hey, hey, hey hang on, on, hang on. Robert. Why you why you brought up Jalil Swole, Travis will like this. Oh boy, here Guess we go. Guess what article popped up on Twitter? Oh boy. About Jaleek Swole.
2: Go for it. What?
0: Okay. Hang on a second. This is this is about his dad. Oh. Okay. You want to know what? You want to know what the title of it is? Yep. All right. Ocala cocaine trafficker sentenced to 10 years for distributing cocaine and money laundering.
2: <laughs>
0: James Brian Swole to 10 years in federal prison for distributing five kilos or more. Of cocaine and money laundering. Wow. He was also ordered to forfeit three hundred fifty grand worth of property that was traceable to the offenses. Wow. Pleaded guilty in November fourteen.
2: I mean, I yep. don't just me a
0: Randall, or is he related? say what? Is he is he just a rando, or
3: is he like his uncle or something?
0: It's his dad. It's his dad. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about Swole had a long-time source for large quantities of cocaine in South Texas. For more than seven years, he obtained cocaine from Orlando, something, and trafficked it into the Ocala, Florida area. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole article article on it. Oh man, I dude, wow. I,
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. Pretty I, wild, huh? I feel I feel bad for the kid that you know your dad goes away to prison like that. That sucks, but
0: that uh i just thought it, it really lined up because there's that dude that comments on our videos all the time who just has this hate for swole his dad was a cocaine dealer and all this shit so it's true i guess
2: hmm. interesting hmm. well hey did you like did you like you know, a, another
3: guy we can't count out we can't count out uh jordan smith he might not be no, i'm the all the way out, out. He's like oh, cocaine, no. but he
2: might get a winner too no i'm out i'm 100 percent out on jordan smith if he I'm wins, it would Smith be shocking. Too. If he wins a race, it would be shocking to me. If he finishes a fucking race, it would be shocking to me.
0: Wow, dude, did you see? I'm shit. I'm gonna shit on Smith too. He's twenty five years <laughs> old. I'm gonna shit old. all over his chair.
2: RV he might get a podium. RV <laughs> retired when he was twenty five. RC
0: did. RC was twenty six
2: whatever close enough he's like 20 he's 25 years old he almost won one title until oh wait he fucking threw it on the ground when all he had to do was finish the fucking race and other than that he hasn't done shit i feel bad for the kid because he can't stay healthy but then this just goes back to what coach rob was talking about with us last week of when you get these fucking trainers they don't know what the fuck they're doing well here we are he's he's a fucking mtf kid shocker and he can't stay fucking healthy weird
1: skill
0: Tons of skill on a pro circuit Kawasaki. Yeah. And he'll I, be I off a pro-circuit Kawasaki after this year. He can't keep it on two wheels, man. Y- this is it. He can't keep it on two wheels with his speed. He
2: will, he will be on privateer teams after this year until he decides he's going to retire. Maybe. And who knows if the privateer teams him, are going to sign him.
0: Smith, Smith and Fortner, the face of HEP Suzuki next year.
2: Yes. <laughs> They're HEP Suzuki 250 team.
0: It. But. I'm a little surprised they're even going to continue to import the Zeki dude Are they gonna? How long before there. they before those yellow bikes have a steel frame? Fuck, who knows?
2: <laughs> That's fucking. I don't know. That that is that is something else. That's just like, how do you go from being like the top of the sport and then like now you don't even want to do anything with it? And it's like it's not. <laughs> All these, all these, all these Japanese companies just shock me because it's like you guys make so much money on everything that isn't motorsports. Like motorsports stuff is a drop in the bucket. Why are you not throwing every fucking dollar you can at it to just fucking make shit happen so that that way you can at least move those units? I don't understand.
3: You know, the day that Roger DeCoster left Suzuki is the day that Suzuki went down the stream.
2: Well, the very really? time that
3: he left Suzuki. All the development went to KTM. KTM went through the roof. Suzuki still sells kickstarters. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that is a very good point. They really have not done anything since Roger left. Yeah, that is a very very good point. You know, um, although they did put rocks on that bike and one on it, it was still the same bike.
2: Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, there was one thing I heard a couple of years ago. I heard a rumor going around that they were actually developing a package that you could buy for like two or three thousand dollars. That you could fucking, it was a 125 two stroke kit that you could put in a 250F frame. So you would be able to buy a 250F, pull everything out of it, and then put this 125 motor in. So you would have, so then you would basically be able to, I mean, you'd basically spend what, 10 grand on a 250F with the kit, and you would be able to go have your 125 to race until you got comfortable enough on big bikes that you could put up the extra speed and then put the 250 motor back in and run it that way. And I thought that was a great idea. I was like, man, if this comes Let to Let me life, just
3: say, it sounds fun. I hope it's not an RM125 engine, because my RM that I'm building right now to on YouTube clowns this summer, my RM is the slowest 125 I have ever seen.
2: I'm, I mean, I don't know. The
0: ATMs they make nowadays are rocket ships compared oh, yeah. to that thing. Yeah. I'm just I saying. did ride an RM two fifty back in the day though, and that thing ripped. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. 250 smoker.
2: Hey, I'm just saying, this is <laughs> this is all this is all speculation that I heard from some sources uh that seems pretty reliable. So uh like some developers at Suzuki that they were doing this. So um oh, Travis. Wait.
0: What? I'm gonna stop you. Oh god, to here give we go. Shit. Yeah. Who is your reliable source that is not a podcast that you listen to? First off, don't
2: ask questions you don't want the answer to. Second off... His name is Mr. Suzuki. Just know, yeah, that me and Mr. Suzuki, I have a direct line. Okay? It's like, okay. That, it's like that telephone they used to call to the moon when is that happens. Is Mr. Happened. Suzuki even alive? I don't fucking know. Probably not. Probably died before okay, Mr. Honda. Okay, then that's not your source then. <laughs> Could be. Maybe it's his grandkids. Who knows? Live in wonder.
0: That's it. I just need to debush your balls real quick. Hey, all I'm saying is
2: I have sources. Actually I was listening to uh, uh I was listening to uh whiskey throttle the other day. There it is. No, that's not with the Suzuki source. Um it had uh <laughs> shit, what was his name? The dude worked for Honda and then Rick Johnson was on there too. But um shit
3: what was Dave that? Arnold.
2: Yes, yes. I was listening to that and they were talking about some of the shit they were testing um way back in the day and it was fucking wild like i guess in the late 80s early 90s they developed a dirt bike that was fully automatic like we're not talking like a recluse auto clutch we're talking that fucking thing shifted itself and uh i think johnson was talking about riding it and he said dude it was the wildest thing because he's like since it auto shifted he's like you would be going up a face of a jump and if you hit a certain point it would auto shift to the next gear going up the face of the jump and you would just be like what the fuck so but i guess i I guess somebody wrote it in a couple of the japanese races and like won on it and then whoever it was it was an american guy but i can't remember who he said and then I guess after he won like the second one on it, he looked at him and told him, ask him, like, are you going to develop this and I'm going to race it next year or what are we doing? And they were like, no. And he was like, great. Then I don't ever want to ride this fucking thing again. But there was there was some other shit. That was a super that was a super interesting podcast to listen to um, to kind of get the the not racer look, but like the management look behind some of the stuff they were doing and just to hear about some of the technology like they're talking in the 80s about like plugging computers into bikes as they're testing them and getting data and i'm just and, and even even um uh ping was like they had like laptops were a fucking thing i didn't even know laptops were a thing in the 80s like that's wild so yeah i don't know it's just crazy if you if you listen to that you think about the technology they had in the late 80s early 90s and then you go to today you're just like dude the shit we have today is what they had in the 90s that we have available to us and now what i mean what the fuck tom i mean you sent me that picture of what was it one of the honda bikes and you were like traction control is live and sure as fuck i mean it it is it's got to be
1: Cole,
3: are you going to oh, play yeah. with track control on your new bike, or is that, uh, is that like an add-on
0: thing? Um, That's an add-on thing for the gas gases. But uh, th- to be honest with you, I've never really used the track control or any of that stuff. And I was watching, this was interesting, I was watching it with my buddies in between the race last night. Um, oh, excuse me. A guy was uh dyno-ing a KTM 250F and he was dinoing it back-to-back with trash control on and stock pipe versus slip-on pipe, um, mm-hmm. all these different deals. And on the the dino chart, the stock pipe was just as good as the aftermarket. There was really no gain. So yeah, uh, the I, was I, the that was interesting. That, yeah, I thought that was interesting that these guys were designing pipes right from the factory that are that good. Um, so aftermarket. Even a few
3: years back, when I was with uh, with when I was with KCM, we would
0: do a ton of
3: testing with pipes, and the only there was only a small difference in all the pipes between the stock and the aftermarket. The size of sound and, and the the specific spots on the range. But the only one that was really above beyond the, uh, the stock one was the Acropolix, and that's the mm-hmm. one that we and most of the KTM teams ran. But the, for the rest of them, most of them were not only the same or similar power, but they were heavier than the stock one, too. The stock one, for whatever reason, which is a, mm-hmm. was really a surprising, surprising thing to me, was among the lightest. And some of them, like the Yoshimura at the time, was like twice
0: the weight almost. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's yeah. I thought it,
3: that's not even like true. the
0: off-the-shelf shit. Yeah. So, I mean, that, just to go back to your point, Travis, it, that, it's just kind of a, a proving point of how good these manufactured bikes are right off the floor nowadays. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I mean, I have to go with what Tom said there. I have heard, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, somebody made the point of like, okay, so you go buy this aftermarket exhaust. They're like, they don't have anywhere near the hours into development of that exhaust as what the OEMs do. Because so, somebody was like making the point that the aftermarket exhaust weren't all they were cracked up to be. Um, and so, yeah, and I mean, it really hit home of like, yeah, other than the OEMs, you have to choke it down to a certain extent to meet noise requirements and you know emission shit that kind of stuff but outside of that i mean these oems have more r&d into each component of that bike than unless there's something that you specifically know is better for a reason you're putting on there for example a more beefier shifter that's made out of billet instead of cast aluminum or something like that you know it's like you're probably not doing anything but paying for a look, a name, uh, as, you sa- as you guys said, the sound of like the exhaust, which realistically, like, for example, my new 250F, I don't know, Cole, about your gas gas, but my new Yamaha 250F, I like the sound the exhaust puts out, other than the fact I hate the way it looks because it's just that you know OEM aluminum look. I don't like that. But the as far as sound goes with it, I don't mind the sound that that thing puts out. Now, granted, I would like to have, you know, the badge on there or something in the in the ti- the titanium yeah, yeah. look or whatever. But again, is that worth seven hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks for me to have that that <laughs> pipe on there and that badge? Or is it especially when it's like, because yes, I could see with like the sound thing on a lot of bikes too of, like, the sound of an aftermarket pipe. There's just nothing that beats that sound. But if I like the sound it's putting out, other than the fact that it's fucking ugly, (laughs) I just don't know if it's worth that 800 bucks right away, you know? I would rather put that 800 bucks on, like, wheels, I guess. Well, from a
0: guy that sells aftermarket products, go buy the pipe.
3: (laughs) (laughs) As your friend, I'm saying the opposite. As your friend, I'm saying you got to go faster before you
2: need a pipe yeah well all right that's that could be a thing too yeah i mean yeah, whatever look man i just want to change the springs of my i mean suspension. you can look
0: cool i mean looking cool is half the
2: battle. i do i hey i've I always, always i've always said if we're not going to go fast we're going to look like we go fast all right, right. <laughs> yeah my, my bike's gonna look like, my bike's gonna look like i rip and then you're gonna be like yep he makes a lot of money and just doesn't know what to do with it but he looks like
0: he can rip. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah right. I can't wait to to get into the summer i'm gonna start making some more videos for for my youtube channel that i have i want to get into that a little more but what I really want to do is uh, um go back and forth with pipes so I have my f m f system and I have my gas gas um but that gas gas right from the factory comes from a comes with a way longer header pipe hmm. uh oh and that way longer header pipe I guess, moves the power down into the lower end, I think, a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, it does something good because if you look at Roxon's header, you look at Hurling's header, all these guys have these super long header pipes. Um, So what I really want to do is ride that stock system, pull it in, same track, everything all in one day, and then throw the full FMS system on, ride it, see how you feel.
2: Yeah, we've we've got a lot of we've got a lot of video stuff to do this summer, Cole. Like a lot. So, just get your batteries charged and get ready. Hello. uh sorry got some technical difficulties uh the phone call quit oh wait yo that was that was weird i don't know what just happened you hang up on me no dude it just like all of a sudden you like cut out and then nobody was there hold on let me let me call tom again here
0: uh get it get him in there and then i'm gonna finish my point and then i got a jet all right that's fine yeah
2: Yo, Tom, you there? There we go.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Oh, my gosh. Walmart internet. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah,
2: T-Mobile, bro. All right, Cole, finish your point because I know you got to go. Yeah, we're back.
0: You want me to finish my point, my my idea, my video idea? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, I said that we have a lot of video stuff we got to do, so charge your batteries. But other than that, go ahead.
0: Yeah. All right, so Travis is going to be out riding, and I'm going to go by him, like, super fast. Oh, boy. And then the next clip is going to be him riding with nothing on but his helmet. Just go buy him so fast, his
1: clothes fall off.
2: We can make this happen.
1: Yep. Can, I keep, funny. can I keep my spandex? We we'll go though? viral
0: on TikTok.
2: Can I? Can I keep my? Can I keep my spandex on though?
0: No, we're hogs out.
2: I don't want I don't want anybody <laughs> to see my hairy ass. Okay. We're wild hogs. Oh God. Can I wear? All right. Flying in the wind. I'll wear a mankini then. It'll be fine.
0: All right. No, I'm not with that. That'd actually be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah.
2: That is,
0: that's my final point, and then I gotta I gotta jet and get some stuff taken care of. But All right. Yeah, I gotta
2: figure out when I'm calling
0: Kev here too. So, Tom, you got yeah. anything else you well, want
2: to talk about race wise here before we? Uh...
0: You know, pick, pick Kev's uh, pick Kev's mind a little bit about where he's at with the
3: 450 transition because
2: it's uh, it's
3: fun to watch our young man growing into a supercross racer. I mean, shoot.
2: They grow and up not so coming fast. Out
3: losing altitude, but when you're going to, uh, expecting
0: to win, altitude, you're expecting to be in the, in the mains. That's
2: good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to I want to know how much comfortable, more comfortable he feels on that bike. Um, and I want to hear how the, the suspension deal worked out. He said he was going to use his 250F suspension on the heavier bike and then hope it oh, compensated wow. for a softer setup in the Daytona track. Makes sense. So I'll, I'll be uh, curious to how that worked. I and mean, if he did switch forks out or whatever he did. Yep. Um, but from what he said he was gonna run the two fifty F stuff yeah on the four fifty for the hybrid setup. So
2: Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Like I said, I'm gonna call him here in a little bit. So he was he was at dinner and he was like, Yo, let me let me call you a little bit. I was like, All right, I'll call these guys first. So all right. All right well thanks boys. Appreciate it. Tom, thanks for picking up. Always great having you on the show. I know I need to do better is yes, giving right. you a more heads up instead of just calling you <laughs>
3: CLR. Yeah, are you going heading down to Dallas for the for the triple header down there or whatever we call the residency?
2: No, I'm I'm headed to Florida. Hey, if Trav's buying, I'm flying. Oh God, no, no, we're <laughs> so not. We need
1: that Moto Aftermath show to start making the views so we can start doing
3: some on-site uh, uh, content.
2: We're working. We're working yeah, on fine, it. I'm flying. We're working. Out- we're not. We're not <laughs> flying to this one. No, I'm I'm going to Florida on Tuesday for a week. So, I'm I'm yeah. out.
3: <laughs>
2: right. I'm out. But. Yeah. So other than that, uh, thanks, boys. Uh, Cole, we will talk soon with the. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk Thursday yep. for the uh, what's it yeah, called? Yeah, send that stuff over. Yeah, and I'll email so. those pictures and stuff. So, all right, cool. Thanks, right. boys. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. See, you, boys. See you, Tom. All right. So that was awesome. Tom and Cole on there. Uh, yeah. So we will. Um, we will take a quick break here, and then we'll try to get Kev on to talk about his first ride on an actual 450 in the 450 class, what the Daytona track was actually like, and things like that. So hold up. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hello? Yo, Kevin Morans. Welcome to the Moto Aftermath show, bro. How are we doing today? Yo,
1: yo. What's going on? Oh, oh we're feeling fine and dandy.
2: Yeah. Well, you didn't wad yourself like everyone else last night, so that's good.
1: Oh, well, we surely got close on that first lap uh, in the, uh, oh, yeah the death rhythm or whatever they wanted to call it oh
2: yeah what was up with that was there like Did a you see kicker? that yeah oh dude my butt puckered for you on that one <laughs>
1: yeah so uh I had never hit that all day because obviously like in 450b flash like obviously I wasn't seen the week before but like those later qualifying sessions like, the track is completely roached by the time we get on it because all the 250 goes all the 250s go then all the four fifties and then we're kinda of just left with the scraps. So the track's pretty roached by then. So I never really hit it. I just kept the simple line. But when your boy pulled that holy finally and he was out front and it looked fresh, I was like, I right, screw it, we're going for it. <laughs> and what what the, what the problem was is those jumps were pretty short and they were very steep. <clears throat> steep. So as soon as I hit it, I mean obviously I've hit super cross rhythms before, I expected like the lift be normal but it wasn't normal it kind of kicked your front end down because it was a little bit shorter and a little bit steeper than normal and it was obviously soft too so like that's just extra momentum that's wanting to take you over the front end yep so as soon as i went for it i kind of squished into the jump i guess the best way to put it and my nose or my front end just went straight down and i was full pucker (laughs) panic crab like oh my goodness so barely Clipped it, snuck by that, and then just kind of tried charging forward and doing what
2: I could. So it was pretty good. Yeah, I I saw that, and like I said, not only not only was I full pucker for you, I was like, bro, let's just tone her back, okay? We we're fine. Yeah, I, I, like you did great. We've been on TV multiple times today. Like we're good. Just just ride her in. Let's get to Dallas. And
1: we pulled Dallas. that whole shot, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, we
2: did. Oh, been one, oh, been yeah. so
1: close all freaking years. And
2: we got it done. Oh, man, that was awesome because I was, like, watching that, and I'm like, wait, who's out front? is that – is that Kev? Is that
1: – it is. Oh, my God. We did one. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, I got so pumped. Yeah. So. Lined up right next to Dino
1: and Starling. Some pretty solid dude.
2: Oh, so. my God. Have you watched the broadcast we back?
1: We are in that one, so
2: there were some factory bikes out there. Oh, there was. There, dude, there were some factory dudes in that, and, I mean – like I said, did you watch the broadcast? Because you were on TV so long before that started. It was ridiculous. Like, to the point that I was yeah, watching I it, had... you were on there, yeah. and I'm like, I should send him a picture of this. Took my phone out. Should I? Maybe. And then they finally took you off screen, of course, right as I was going to take a picture. And I'm just like, wow, we were just on there for a long time. And even the practice show, they talked about you forever on there. Oh, yeah.
1: they. I know. They hyped me up a lot. It's been pretty, really, it's just been awesome, dude. It really has.
2: It has. So, how was um, how was the first week on the on the four fifty here doing Supercross, like actual four fifty, not your two fifty in the four fifty class?
1: Very good. I'd have to say, all things considered, I had a full Supercross setup coming in. So like, I didn't have any kind of moto or hybrid setup. Like, it was just Supercross. That's all I really had. Um, I will say, I feel very confident on real Supercross on the four fifty. I really, really like it. Um, the Outdoorsy, slash Supercross, whatever the heck those t- the Daytona is, um, didn't feel super comfortable with it. My bike just kind of felt rigid. Uh, it didn't feel like it you know, worked very well, but also you had to have it that way or else you're going to go head over heels like I almost did on lap one of the that LZQ. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So it's very hard to find a happy medium unless you have a specific setting for something like that. That's maybe, you know, a little bit softer on, the, like, the beginning of the stroke. And then when you get deeper into the stroke, it gets a lot stiffer. Okay. Um, but, long story short, okay. um, with the riding, obviously, pulling that whole shot was big. Getting some more TV time. Just getting the laps up there. Battling with, you know, kind of going back and forth a little bit with, like, Dino and those guys. So, it was pretty, it was just a badass experience all the way around, to be really honest. So, obviously, we want to make the main... Getting a whole shot in the four fifty, you know, LCQ kind of should require a transfer. But I mean, shit, dude, that was my very first race of Supercross on a four fifty period, and it was my second start ever on a four fifty period because I had never, I never really worked starts before that because I never had a good whole shot device like low enough. Uh. So I took the one off the race bike two fifty and put it on the four fifty. And clearly that bad boy is set right where it needs to be because
2: <laughs> he's working. Yeah, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. So I know you said before, so you didn't run, because I, I think, at least I think you mentioned, Cole said that you were going to, that you'd mentioned that um, you were going to try to run like your 250 suspension on the 450 in hopes that it was like slightly softer for the like Daytona style track. Did So you didn't end up doing that? You just were running full SUV suspension no, on No, I didn't.
1: Just because I knew like there's obviously a little bit extra weight on the 450, so like I the settings are all different. There's different springs on the two different sets of suspension. So like I thought it was a good idea, but as soon as they like took free practice out of the loop, and I was like, it's not even like I'm just gonna run what I got and I'll make what make it happen on what I have. You know what I mean?
2: Yep, yep. So, all right. Well, that was cool. So outside of that, what was that track like? Like what was that sand like? What I mean. We, we watched uh, it on TV. We all have commented yeah. on it, but what, what was it really like?
1: So sand section was better than I expected. Obviously, whenever you put sand in the Supercross track, it becomes pretty one line. I would have to say all night that was pretty halfway even. Obviously, when the smooth coming into the inside, you get hit the rut. I think that was better, at least 450 wide. But, you know, as we get into that LTQ slash into those mains, it deteriorated enough on the inside that the outside became good, or the inside could be good and laps. So it like, it was actually pretty good the way they had it set up with a solid berm on the outside instead of a sand berm.
2: Okay, so that wasn't know, that front, front, wasn't weird front, front, at all going from sand to clay to sand.
1: It was very weird because you're oh. sitting there wishy washy front end back, and all of a sudden you hit that clay dirt ish kind of dirt, and you stick. And like you're expecting to keep sliding, so then you don't. And then you hook up really well, so then it makes you make more mistakes. So like it was goofy, but it was needed or else everybody was gonna go to that inside line.
2: Do you think it would have been better had they just piled sand on top of it? So that there was like a solid mm. base, but then at least the at least you were floating through sand still?
1: Probably probably not, just because if you put sand on top of that, then there's you're gonna get, you know, it's gonna get Swooped out probably a little bit or is going to get some kind of just like the lines won't be good enough to sacrifice going outside if that makes sense
2: okay okay yeah that's fair so
1: it being solid gave you a good run through the middle of that berm to slingshot out into the you know what i mean like yeah kind of you have to give going in because it's longer and it's a little slower but you gain on what you can make up in the actual turn
2: Okay. Okay. That's cool. What was the, uh, did you end up running a paddle tire last night or did you stick with a normal one? Okay.
1: I knew I, I'm not really a big fan of the paddle Yep. or the scoop, whatever you want to call it. Um, I would run that, you know, deep outdoors and sandy, but if there's anything hard packed, I'm, I'm running that mid soft all day, the normal tire all day.
2: Okay. Yeah. We were, I would
1: rather, I would rather give up a little bit in the sand to feel comfortable everywhere else.
2: Okay, especially it being
1: my first race on the four fifty two. Like all that extra power is like, now nah, I want to be one hundred percent grounded and comfortable.
2: Yep, yep. We, I mean, that was big talk last night. They were, they were all over it on the broadcast with the difference between the scoop tire and the regular tire, and who was running it, and who wasn't, and all that stuff. So we were, we were all I curious. Was,
1: yeah, I was, I was shocked. I actually saw some of the, I think the uh, the scoop slash yeah, the paddle tire, whatever you want to call it. Um, Like, even when I was going up on the LCQ and whatnot, I saw some of the guys had it, I'm like, that's not for me, for sure. Yeah. Like, you have one stand section on the whole track, pretty much. Yes, long, but is it worth you being a little bit on edge and your rear end being a little bit looser everywhere else on the track when you're trying to see bounce into, you know, a three-on or something a little bit sketchier? I don't think so at all.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're pretty sure that Pro Circuit was running the scoop, and uh, <laughs> obviously McAdoo won, so, that, like I said, it, Oh, they were? I, we're pretty sure, because we think on the broadcast right before the 250 main, um, DB did a thing on track, and he was literally standing right behind them, like, touching the guy's tires, like, yeah, see, this is a scoop. This isn't a scoop. And we're pretty sure McAdoo had a scoop on. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again to confirm that, but yeah, we're pretty sure, sure he did um so yeah well, so like impressive. i said it was definitely the talk last night
1: i mean i wonder if he had a spec dude. like if it's a little softer a little bit different than that like could be the production
2: stuff. I, i'm i'm sure if they any tire they yeah. have a spec all right let's just be, let's yeah. be honest here so um so what was uh that wall after you came across the start line there how was how was that because They said in the broadcast that Sexton jumped all the way and faced that tabletop. And when I watched the, um, uh, what's it called, the press day, I was going, man, who's going to be the guy to jump all the way on that thing? Because it looked like it was very doable.
1: If you're my honest opinion, I don't know why all of us were not doubling in at least. (laughs) Like, it was not that bad. Yeah. Really, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that bad. But I never did it nobody else is doing it. And I'm like, I'm not going to be the one to destroy myself on my four, first round of on the 450. Like, I I didn't play it, you know, conservative, I guess you could say, but I played it smart. Like, I wasn't going to go do anything stupid that I didn't really need to do. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, which that's acceptable. But, like,
1: size-wise and for how steep the wall wasn't, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm shocked that more people were not doing it. And did you see the video of Sexton doing it?
2: I haven't seen the video yet. I, like I said, they talked about oh, it, and then haven't? Cole told me dude, that it was on his Instagram, but no, I haven't watched it yet.
1: Dude, you could easily, like if Stu was out there, homie would be jumping up onto the tabletop and off from the wall.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah, watching like, I don't
1: think it would have been bad.
2: Watching preste that you're
1: landing on.
2: Yeah, watching Preste videos, I was just like, That wall is not steep, so it's not gonna loft you like a thousand feet like Stu in Eleven was doing. No. And like yeah. I'm like that table and or that on off section there, it was not that far away from it. So, yeah, it was – like I said, I was very – I was shocked we didn't see it in all of qualifying. Like, nobody busted it out. And then they said, oh, well, Sexton did. And then he faced the fuck, I guess, out of that (laughs) tabletop and chipped his tooth and gave himself two black eyes. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So – um, I did like one, one thing I liked watching were those finger jumps after the over under bridge. What were those like? Cause I thought those looked pretty yeah. cool. Like they actually built them the way they were supposed to be built where one side was bigger than the other type deal.
1: I would have to say like, out of all the ones that I've seen built and passed was probably the best one. Sure. Okay. Because they were built like they were, they, they gave people options. You know what I mean? Like there was yeah. not one fairly faster line. Unless you could consistently get that, you know, like, get over the first two small hubs and then go 3-3 into the corner. Like, I think that was probably obviously the premier line, but it wasn't easy. So, like, it was good because it, yeah, I mean, separators are the biggest thing in super cross racing.
2: Yeah, and we definitely saw that. I think
1: that, go ahead.
2: I, we definitely saw that with those. There were a lot I mean, there were guys that were going like two, three, one, there were guys that were going three three. There was a bunch of two, two, twos through there. I mean, and it, it was yeah you could watch the same guy do different things all night. So um yeah, that definitely yeah. definitely like, was so interesting. So at the
1: beginning at the beginning I was going like wheelie, like bring my front wheel over the first one. Yeah. And then uh doubling over the first big one, right? Mm-hmm. So I was going wheelie over the first small one off the second small one over the first big one and then double three into the corner. Hmm. And that was actually pretty good. And then I go out there for the next qualifying session. They had groomed it. And obviously you're just coming up ready to send it and send it right into it. Clip the absolute living heck out <laughs> of the first tall one, just about die. So then that went to trash. And so then I ended up, uh, scooting left a little bit, and I would go two, two, I think, and then three into the corner from on the left side. So, like, that's what it ended up turning into for a majority of the guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Overall, I thought that was, I, like, full track wise, like, I've been to three Daytonas now after this weekend, mm-hmm. because this was, my, this was my very first, that's wild, dude, like, two years. I've been racing Supercross for two years, two complete years, I believe. Yeah, 2019, 20, yeah. Pretty much. Because in 2019, this was my very first Supercross coming off of a broken leg. Yep. So, obviously, I raced it in 2020, and then I just raced it this year. So, you know, out of those three tracks, I definitely thought this was the best one.
2: We we would all agree with you. This is the best one we've seen in years. So, that uh, it definitely made us very happy to watch it because there were not all the switchbacks and short sections and all the shit that just turns one line. So um what's it yeah so what's it like racing the 450 i know this is your technically your second 450 race what's it like racing the 450 class though now and like sitting on the line and you look down say your heat race and you've got kenny and cooper or eli or i mean run the list here what oh it, let's,
1: let's not even stop there we got cooper we got <laughs> eli we got i had bogle i had savachi i had uh uh Barsha, I had Plessinger, I had I think mookie, I don't know dude like I could literally go down a list of probably twelve dudes that you watch every single weekend. It's like <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? I don't even know what I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh man no it's 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 badass dude it is to like you know twenty one years old, few years into supercross, and you're like racing, not saying I'm competitive with them yet. But, like, racing with the guys that you've been watching on TV for the past 10 years is pretty badass.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know. That would be, to me, like, even rolling up to a practice track and seeing some of these guys, like, a Kenny or something like that, like, if they were out in California testing, I would be like, holy fucking shit. This is this is fucking like I'm not going on the track till they leave like <laughs> yeah no exactly so to be actually lining up on the gate to race them I just I can't imagine what's going what's going through your head so but then at the same time you have to think like I'm a bad fucking dude I'm qualified and I'm sitting oh, yeah. on this gate for a fucking reason so like
1: like if you want my honest opinion like when I get online even when I'm up against those guys it's the same way in the super class like the guys that should always be in front of me, at least off the start. I literally do not pay attention to that whatsoever. Like, my starts have been so good, and I'm so confident in myself. Like, if I had a better game, did you see the first start, by the way? Like, I damn near whole shot of that, too, to an extent. Obviously, I was on the outside, but I was was right next to Sexton all the way into the first corner. Hmm. It was just me and him.
0: But he pushed me all the
1: way wide, and then, like, 15 dudes went inside of me. <laughs> but if you watch the first heat, if you watch the first heat, 450, heat one, yeah, look at who's right up next to Sexton going 1-2 into the first corner. It's hmm. me. So like, And I had a pretty bad gate all the way to the outside. So, you know, if for whatever reason I can qualify a little better and we can get on the inside of that gate, dude, like a whole shot in a heat is not out of the question. Not saying I'm going to go get a heat win this year for sure, but a whole shot is not out of the question whatsoever.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would not call it out of the realm either, man, because you definitely have your starts on lock. So, um, I mean, last night was just you you got that start, and then it was like, then you had that, that butt pucker, and I was just like, oh, God, like, just don't crash. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you finish. Just don't crash, man. So, and to, yeah, be, to exactly. be really honest with you, there wasn't anyone in that LCQ that beat you that I don't feel was like equivalent or faster speed than you. You know, that it, yeah. it wasn't like you were letting like you faded like a cheap suit and let like every Tom, Dick, and Harry buy you. It was like solid yeah. 450 dudes who race every weekend. I mean, there is no shame in Chisholm passing you in an LCQ. All right. Chiz is fucking chance, no, exactly. Right. <laughs> and
1: on the fourth lap or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lap, like, yeah, it's I not think like it all happened on lap one. I was gonna say,
2: I think didn't Clayson get you too in that LCQ? Yeah, because even him, I, Clayson, I was like, he well, was the
1: first one that got around me,
2: I was just like, well, they're like same level, like Clayson's like bubble guy main event where I feel like Kev is for the 450s too. So, like, I don't know, whatever, you know, so yeah, 100%. It, I mean, the
1: biggest thing for me is like, so I feel good on a super cross track on a 450. Yep you know i haven't got a whole lot of time on the 450 so like when you're you know going that fast over whoops and like you know going over a wall that's got kickers and you know holes in it like i don't feel as comfortable on the 450 as i do the 250 obviously like i can manhandle that 250 pretty well yep like you get the extra power you got under you you catch an edge wrong and you're fourth-year wide open on a 450, there's some serious consequences there. Yep. So I think it's just like I didn't quite feel as comfortable, and I think that's, like, the biggest thing that, you know, hindered me from being as smooth as I usually am. So, like, if I get – and which I will, you know, we just keep getting riding, keep getting better. But if I get as smooth on the 450 as I am on the 250, dude, it's game off.
2: I would say, the the best part about it is, like you said, second, uh, second race ever on your 450 <laughs> – I mean, again, we've talked about for it. Or first
1: race ever on the 450. Well, yeah. But second race in the class. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, you talk about the, for lack of a better word, we'll talk it, the starstruck of being on the line with those guys, the not used to riding that bike, the difference in track. I mean, just you take all of those and yet you still go out, you whole shot the LCQ, you're right there battling for all four laps, basically, of it. I mean, you give yourself a few weeks, and to top it all off, it doesn't even really matter because you're racing for the 250 stuff. You're not really racing for the 450 yeah, exactly. at this point. It's just extra credit to so that when yes. you do decide you're going to go 450 in a few years here, I mean you've already had yeah. this experience. You're ready to go. So then you don't yes. have that kind of that kind of awe of being in that class or under those lights per se when you do get there. So yeah, it, I mean it just it's all at this point. As I just said, it's all extra credit for you, and it's awesome. And, I mean, at some point, I, I don't find it far-fetched to say that you're going to make a main at some point here in the 450 class.
1: Oh, no. And I think, honestly, probably one of my best chances is this coming weekend in one of the Arlington rounds because it's going to be normal Supercross.
2: Yep, yep.
1: The Atlanta rounds, are I don't know how similar they're going to be to Daytona, but I'm hoping they're more supercross than that.
2: yeah. Yeah, they. I don't know. I don't remember those track maps. I know that it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> Atlanta's gonna be a weird one. I don't know. So, but yeah, Arlington. I definitely could see it. Or even when you get down to the end there at Salt Lake City or whatever. Or wait, Salt Lake City is a is a East round too, isn't it? So what do we have? We have Atlanta and Arlington. Is that all we have before we go back to Salt Lake City?
1: Uh, say that again.
2: Do, is all we have is Atlanta and Arlington before we go to Salt Lake City to wrap the year up?
1: Um. Yeah, we go Arlington. So we go Arlington this coming weekend. Yep. Arlington this, the next Tuesday. Yep. Arlington the next Saturday. Yep. And then we have two weekends in a row off. So okay. technically like three weeks. Two yeah. weekends off. And then we go Atlanta on Saturday, Atlanta on Tuesday, Atlanta on Saturday. And then the next Saturday is Salt Lake. And then the next Saturday is Salt Lake to end it.
2: Well, now I'm all sad because, like, we got a two-week break in there, which I'll be sad that whole time. And then we've only got a few rounds left. And <laughs> you, know,
1: you know what? You know what's wild? Huh. Which I mean, people are going to probably just be like, Kevin, you're an idiot. Um, I just learned that we had a two-week break or technically a three-week break In between uh, Arlington and Atlanta, I learned that today. (laughs) (laughs) I've been so, like, head down, just grinding, like, doing all my Patreon stuff, doing all my helmet wraps, getting graphics, training, figuring out how I'm getting there, who's helping me, where I'm, like, how to make everything work in Kev's program that i didn't even like know that we have a three-week break coming up (laughs) you know what i mean like i thought we were going straight from arlington into atlanta
2: i I, yeah i mean i knew we had a break i didn't know it was three weeks i thought we were just off like a weekend in between again so the three-week thing is like fucking real wild because it's like holy shit what am i gonna do for three weeks you know yeah i might have to find a hobby
1: technically two weekends in a row
2: but yeah yeah, i mean it adds up to three weeks yeah wow that's yeah, that's a lot of off time there. I don't know what to do with myself at that point. Hopefully the weather's nice. Yeah. I can ride or something. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I know, right? So what? Yeah. So what's your so what's your plan here this week? Are you um Are you stopping somewhere on your way to Dallas here, or are you just headed straight to Texas and then you'll so, figure it out there? Or?
1: So this is uh put a new little monkey wrench and everything for me right now. Actually, I'm trying to figure out is this is the one round that I had planned on flying to. So I already hooked up uh, with obviously TBJ. Um, I got them set up with my 250 and my 450 that they're taking to Arlington. Okay. So I was going to fly to this one because then I'll come back, and then obviously uh, Atlanta's only four hours away from Tallahassee, which is where I'm flying out of. So it'd be really easy. Well, now that we have this three-week break that I didn't know about, (laughs) I don't know. I've got to figure out how I'm getting my 450 off of the rig and back to Tallahassee so I can ride it over this three weeks, right? Because I was expecting, like, okay, we'll go ride Arlington. um, I'll fly back to Tallahassee get a couple days in on the 250 and then race the 450 the next weekend. Well, if we got three weeks off, like, I kind of need to be getting some time on the 450 that whole time instead of just the 250. So now I'm I'm actually going to figure this out tomorrow. Uh, Whether (laughs) I'm going to cancel my flight and drive out there or try to find, I think I got a buddy, my buddy Cole. Oh, you know, yeah, Cole Magman. Yeah. Um, maybe see if I can try to stick my 450 in with them to bring it back. So, I don't know. We're going to we're gonna kind of figure it out. But as of right now, I'm headed back to Tallahassee, actually, actually, as we speak, to get a couple days of riding in this week before I head toward Arlington. Hmm.
2: The life of a privateer never gets old. Always something. Oh,
1: it doesn't. <laughs> It is. Oh. That is for sure.
2: Oh man, that is that is awesome. Um, have you have you watched the race back from last night?
1: I just watched qualifying, like the bit on me, and then obviously the LCQ as well, because I had so many people texting me about all the TV time and all the great things that they were saying and whatnot. So I got very curious and wanted to see what they had to say.
2: Yeah, the uh, the qualifying stuff—they were really diving in. I think they made the comment about you like doing TV or something after you were done, like. I was, like, super... Yeah,
1: dude, I've actually talked to, like, Daniel a little bit, um, because Daniel helped me through, like, the Anzal Arena way back in the day, like, he kind of noticed me early, I guess, and kind
0: of
1: put me under his wing a little bit, Um, but no, he's always kind of said, at least the past year, and then, like, as of lately, for sure, he's like, dude, like, we're prepping you to take my job, pretty much, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know how, obviously, realistic that is and everything, but which I don't even want that position for at least another, I'd say, six, seven, eight years. I don't know. I want to keep racing. Yeah. But regardless, after, you know, racing ends for me, I think that the way I do talk, the way I can communicate, and I can kind of be entertaining with it, like, I feel like, you know, there's bright future in whichever way I kind of go, which is exciting.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I could definitely, I mean, when he said that, I—, I I'm like, you're not wrong. I mean, because we we obviously so talk. My, my brother was like,
1: my brother was like eh, I don't know about that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> for sure I ain't going to be a TV guy as an actor. That's for sure. I'm going to have to be definitely some kind of, like, talker because <laughs> your boy's acting skills don't know how good those are.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the acting thing, but you definitely can talk
1: just fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
2: you're one of those people that it's like when we call the interview, I know the conversation will go well. There are certain people, and I keep – you know, obviously talking to new people all the time in the industry that there's certain people. It's like, oh man, this is, they just do not talk well. I I know when I yeah. call them, they're not <laughs> going to talk well. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but you, you don't have to worry about that. And yes, I could definitely see you taking, uh, taking Daniel's job there when you, uh, when you decide to, uh, hang the boots up for the, for the pro racing there and being that guy on race day live that everyone then makes fun of. So, It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just completely getting shit on. Yeah, it's fine. Your TV personality—you gotta be used to that, man. Just pull a, just pull a yeah. Kenny and get on there and be like, Why well, about you suck my dick? How's that sound?" I, I mean. <laughs> so, what did you, uh, did you hear about the, uh, the web on Kenny move there at the start of that main?
1: Well, I saw that he kind of just took him as I, I saw the video of it. And he took him as high as he possibly could.
2: Yeah, what do you what do you think I'm about that? I'm
1: honestly pretty – I'm pretty surprised that, uh, like, Roxton didn't end up pushing his front wheel over the top of the berm a little bit yeah. or into the softer stuff. So, like, he got lucky.
2: Was it a w- greasy move or it was okay? Uh,
1: I mean, 100%. The dudes are fighting for a championship. So, all the rights to Webb for doing that. I mean, yeah, it was probably a little bit of a shitty move. But you're telling me if a championships on the line, you're not gonna run the guy a little bit wide.
2: Oh, like, man, he'd have so gone like over that make burn. contact
1: or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. like that was one hundred percent called for, it. I and mean, it's part of racing for a championship. So yeah. no, I don't think there's any disrespect there for either of the riders, like they kind of know their situation. they gotta kind of I mean that and especially if off start it's a little bit different, maybe if it's mid race or something like that. But off the start, like webb kind of has the potential to really screw him over by not being very dirty, because if you just push him a little high, maybe he got sketchy and didn't fall, but, you know, had to pull in the clutch and stop for a little bit. Like, that's literally eight to ten guys that just got in front of him in one corner. Yeah. So, like, the risk versus reward was very high on the reward side for Webb on that. hmm So, yeah. I mean, 100%, I would have said the same thing. I mean, And it, it was good because he didn't, like, he didn't hit him or anything. So, like, I think it was called for him.
2: Yeah, and it's great for us because Kenny's pissed. Like, his post-race interview, all he could say was, like, well, Webb likes to play games. Well, I like to play, too. And I'm like, yes, let's let's have this start happening. I'm all in. Like, <laughs> this gives me hours of stuff to talk about. It'll be fucking fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, um,
2: do you notice in the 450 class, is the pace, like, a lot – I guess I don't know how to say it. Higher, different compared to two fifties. Because I've kind of heard some things on yeah, podcasts yes and before. No. Okay.
1: Like when I was on like my first four fifty race, I was like, "Yes." Yeah. I was like, "I don't know how these guys are doing this." <laughs> I was like, "They're being so aggressive, diving into the inside of corners." And then I, when I, because I, when I almost whole shot it on my two fifty, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then in the next corner, I got taken wide, and obviously I was on two fifty, so I didn't have enough time or power to get over that triple yep that's when that's when it clicked for me like son of a bitch they're able to be so aggressive because they can dive into the inside of the corner hit the throttle and just roll right over any jump
2: yeah
1: 250s you can't do that because you need that momentum yep so like 250s aren't as aggressive because everybody needs the momentum to get over those jumps so as soon as you get that bigger motor and then more power under you Sure shit. Yeah, you can dive in on the inside of people and go real low in corners <laughs> cuz you got the speed to get over those jumps. Yeah. So like, when I was on the 250 against the 40 class for 40 riders, like yeah, I was like I was kind of shell-shocked. I was like, "Jesus, this is just next level." But I guess I don't know cuz we can't really declare this last race as actual Supercross Navy. But yeah. uh, it didn't feel I didn't I didn't feel out of place at all, which is actually a good thing. Like I felt pretty at home.
2: Yeah, that's really that's really good if you did. So if you felt that way, so that's that's good, man. That's awesome. So, yeah. a, anything else in the sport here you want to talk about? I mean, anything anything you're hearing oh, in the pits. The, drop some drama, bro. Let's uh, hear let's hear some good let's hear some good pit. I really drama.
1: don't have any drama, man. You know, Kev Kev's so focused on everything, all the shit he's got moving, and all the million pieces he's got going different ways that uh, I kind of keep it myself and just try to keep the people that are behind me happy.
2: I know, man. I'm So, see, so here's what I'm going to need from you, okay, for future races. I'm going to need you to take 30 minutes uh-huh. during the middle of the day, get unfocused, walk around, find some drama somewhere <laughs> so you can bring it to the show because yeah. this is what we, this is where we like to go. We like to, we like to drop drama on the show.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, if you, if well, you. Well, we can start some drama with your boys. You better be opening some paychecks for some whole shot bonuses.
2: Oh, yeah, well. I mean so you know I I
1: just playing. I'm just my playing, my bro. boys that's a
2: loose term okay mind you none of them showed up for the show tonight Cole did call in I think Justin's tied up at work so that's why he's not here which is whatever but but yeah but then Cole yeah. was like oh I'm just going to call in I'm not going to I'm not going to show up I was like fine whatever so doesn't, doesn't hurt my feelings. Cause it's easier to edit only an audio show than it is to do audio video. Um, and since I'm yeah. leaving Tuesday to go down to Florida, it's like, okay, cool. Like uh, this will make it real easy for me to get the show done and get everything packed up since obviously we have races. So I got to take the fucking audio equipment on vacation with me too, so I can do all this crap. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, look, man, you you, you nailed down one of them one of them hole shots in the main or something like that. Don't you worry. We'll we'll uh, will get them get them. <laughs> I know I know. Sending some sending some moolah over there. So yeah, I yeah, mean if you if so you want to hear some that. I that. If you want to hear some good drama, go back and listen to our show last week where we had Coach Rob on because he dropped some bombs in there, uh-huh. um, which is awesome. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's a couple Well, well, we'll, we'll talk a little off air. There's some on air stuff that, that we could talk about, but after, after we wrap this up here, I'll, I'll tell you a little more since you're on the road and you got a couple minutes. Uh, Oh yeah. But yeah, cause he, he definitely, he definitely dropped some bombs on the show last week, which I was like, wow. Okay, cool. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> as soon as I can figure yeah. out how to get this in front of enough moto people, like this is going to blow the fuck up. So um. Yeah. Yeah. So go back and listen to that if you're driving around a lot here because trust me, it w- it was worth. It. it was a long show, but uh, but yeah, he definitely dropped some bombs in there. So, um, cool, man. Well, I don't really have anything else on the agenda here. I'm very ill prepared for the show tonight. So I think I covered everything I wanted to touch base with you. You don't have any good drama, so God, whatever. Uh. So yeah. I know. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, thank you for uh, thanks for coming on again, and then uh. What What is it, Moran? I'm terrible at this. Moran's Racing, KevinMorans.com. What, what the, what, which one is it?
1: Yeah, KevinMorans.com. Just hit the Join Moran's Racing tab. Uh, and, yeah, check it out. You can support his fans, support his sponsor. Do a one-time little donation, whatever you guys are kind of looking to do at the time. Um, one thing I do have right now is I have one spot left on the front fender. That's the top tier uh, supporting as a fan. Pretty cool. So one left of those. So if you guys want that bad boy, sign up and uh, we'll get your name on the bike before Arlington.
2: Yeah, there you go. Be a, be a fan, be a support system, and help a privateer hero. Join the team. Kevin Moran. Yeah, there you go. Although, hey, man. I appreciate you guys. If I need you to get enough points to be number 69 next year, okay? Okay. <laughs> I really need you to be number sixty-nine next year because I just want to be able to say he's he's number sixty-nine on the track, but number one in your hearts. You know, I I really want to.
1: Oh my goodness!
2: I really want to be able to put that out there. All right.
1: Oh, all right We'll do our best. We'll keep you those points.
2: All right, cool, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and like I said, we'll talk here a couple minutes about uh, some other stuff off the air. So. Yeah, for sure. I
1: appreciate
2: it. All right, later, bro.